Good morning, sports fans. Fill up that coffee cup and that bowl. Sit back and relax. Because live from Colorado, it's time for the Sports Offensive. Hey, good morning out there, sports fans. Thank you for tuning into the Sports Offensive. We're happy to come to you uh, live every Saturday that we can. And we are in the Flatirons North uh, studios this morning. Almost got the room completed. I've got the hutch for the desk done, but uh, it's not installed yet because it's heavy as hell. And it's going to take a couple, it's going to take probably three people, four people. Because uh, you got to like drill into the wall and stuff like that to, to keep it up. But uh, once that's up, the room will almost be done and uh, pretty excited. I actually have a uh, some open area studio. We have almost that entire area open there. Not that anybody can see it, but uh, once I get it all done, I'll take some pictures and throw it up on the uh, old Instagram account. Hope everyone's having a wonderful morning. We are cloud cloud covered and looking for rain today, so hopefully a little less blazing hot. I know it was supposed to be in the 90s originally today, but uh, have you seen an update? Like no, it's going to be uh, it's going to be back in the uh, the mid 80s tomorrow. It's going to be really low 80s, and then we go back into the blazing sun back in later in the week. So you know, a little rain for the Rolling Stones concert tonight at Mile High, but uh, it's not going to deter anybody. No, and, and I got to say that's a show. I'm a little bummed. I'm not going to have a chance to go see. That would be. That'd be an experience, I think. Uh, oh, know? definitely. They played, uh, I don't remember the name of the song, but they, they haven't played it in about 30 years, and they played it live the other night. I don't know if it was in Chicago or uh, their next stop on the, the, on the tour, but I forget the song. Um, I apologize. My Rolling Stones songs are not as as good as my widespread and Grateful Dead songs um, in my memory. But uh, uh, they did bring it, break down a song that was uh, they haven't played in thirty years. So good for them. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I I I love a lot of the Rolling Stones songs. But as with any artist, pretty much except for maybe Metallica and maybe Tom Petty. I don't know names of songs. I'm horrible with names of songs, man. I'm, I am you like know. one of the worst people on earth when like it comes to names say, of songs. Yeah, someone's like, do you like the song? Someone's like, oh, uh, no, I don't think so. And they're like, you don't like that song? And you're like, well, I'm not sure I know what it is. Maybe you should show me <laughs> Just first. turn it on and let me tell you. Right. And it's like, oh, I know this song. Yeah, this song's great. And it's like, oh, well, why didn't you know? It's like, I don't care about song names. But, uh, you know, that's, those are details. Same reason that I'm, as much as I enjoy playing video games, the, I would say maximum of I don't know, three days after I've done something in a video game, it's gone from my mind. Oh, yeah. Like, video games for me are simply a way to let my brain turn off. And, yeah. I, mean, I, and I do enjoy playing them, don't make any mistake, but I, I don't retain the information at all. And, like, I have some friends that play that Red Dead Redemption game where mm -hmm. you're like, out in the Old West, and they can recite for me where to go find certain things and not just tell me, like, you know, wh like what area of the map, but, like, name the city and the hill next to it and all the kind of, And, like, how do you know that? Some people are just, they have those identic memories, like Sheldon Cooper <laughs> on the Big Bang Theory. But, I mean, I know way back in the day on the early PlayStation, we, before they kept stats, we would keep our own stats in NHL hockey. And I literally would get it so into the game, I literally started snoring a couple times playing the game. I was so into it. <laughs> but... <laughs> it, it would elude me trying to figure out the stats. My friend, uh, my friend Pizzuto back there in um, Binghamton, New York, was our uh, statistician, and um, nice. you know he uh, he knew everything about everything about stats. So, you know, when I uh, 
what, when was that? Was that sophomore year high school? Maybe junior year high school. I had a job at a grocery store. And um, with my first full paycheck, I was so excited. I went out and bought a brand new baseball game that they had for, I think it was, was it Super Nintendo back then? Or maybe it was... It wasn't PlayStation yet. It was whatever was before, before. Right before PlayStation. Um, and it was a big deal because you could change the names of the players. Oh, yeah. So you could make your team and, and other teams look right. So I bought a stat book, right? This is before the internet, of course. Yep. So I bought a stat book with all the, t- you know, the t- for that year. And I actually went through and changed the names of all the starters on all the teams. Nice. So that when I played that season, it was like I could see who I was really playing right, against and right. who was who and stuff like that. And I remember my brother kept asking me if he could take it with him to where he went to get babysat because he wanted to play it. Right. And I said no because you, you, there was no, like, you know, right back then you didn't have, you couldn't save 50 files and things. It was no, one, no, no, no. you could save one thing. Right. And I was like, nope, you, there's only the one season. And I'm, I just know how that, that the play center is. Everyone, someone will click on season. And you'll erase everything I've done. And, and it'd be all gone. Yeah, and he kept begging, and I kept saying, no, you cannot take this with you. And then one day, of course, he just took it without asking me. <laughs> and I got home, and when you know it, it took one day, and they had completely destroyed everything I had Oh, done. yeah. And yeah. he was like, I don't know what happened. And I'm like, exactly what I told you was going to happen. happen. But then again, That's he, what was happened. Like, he was seven or whatever, so, you know. But uh, it, it, it's a, you, know, you think about how <clears throat> they won't do the NCAA game. Anymore, right? And Herb uh, Street, Herb Street has been yelling at uh, EA about that, and uh, the NC2A about getting that actually on, back up, and running because it's been down for a couple years now. And um, you know, it's one of those things where they really should. And I know that they don't use the players' names; they use their numbers and current rosters. But it's one of those games that that should be out there just because. It is one of the most iconic college football games that you you'd ever gonna play or witness or anything like that where you know the the stadiums look real the players are, i mean everything's about it is real just like uh you know madden with with all the stuff that they do in it and uh, it's just a shame it hasn't been out in a couple of years well it is because it's so much fun to play um it was so much fun not only just to play the 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 basket or the football games in college because they're completely different it's, yeah you know like in Madden, you know, you, you've always got your play calling windows and things. In the college game, when you were at a, an opponent's field and they were rocking the house, it, you know, your your play was all scrambled. So oh, you couldn't yeah, even yeah. see what your play was your, anymore. Your, your controller was vibrating. Mm-hmm. Your routes were all scrambled up. And you know, I'm still in a, I'm still in a 60 year dynasty with that with uh, Hawaii, and I think I've only wa- lost one national title over over 35 years right now. 35 years. Wow. And I play the games, too. That's dedication right there. It, it, it is, man. I tell you what, I built a powerhouse out of the Hawaii team. I have to admit, I'll go in any, anywhere and play anybody. So, And as a kid, can you imagine anything more wonderful than playing in Hawaii? Exactly. Holy cow. Yeah, we actually have the Little League World Series. The uh, I think it's the Western region. I think the team from, I believe it's Arizona. has to, Arizona or Michigan has to go out to to um, Honolulu or Maui to play the team from Hawaii right now uh, tonight at 9 o'clock Eastern. Yeah, those boys are too young, though, to really appreciate well, of course. Uh, being in Hawaii. And, and, and well, I, I personally, the Hawaiian women can be just crazy attractive. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, the best thing is, is because I, I mean, my, my desk looks right on over my pool down at Veranda, <laughs> and uh, the thong has made a comeback <laughs> in, in <laughs> a very big way this year. <laughs> Good to hear. Good I, to hear. I have to say. Always important. Always important. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but you know, going back to the to the video game, <clears throat> I understand you know the whole hoopla was that the players aren't getting or the the college players aren't getting played, so they were going right. to sue if they 
sold their likeness and all that kind of stuff. But it is a bummer because not only did you get to play the the college season, which was fun, but you got to do the recruiting, which right. You know, a lot of people like the franchise mode in Madden where you control a team for however many number of years yep. like you were talking about with Hawaii in the college game. Yep. And it's it's just, you know, it's it's more fun to do the recruiting. It is. It in, is. In the college one because you had to do, you had to pick the right thing to tout about your program. Yep. You, had, you know, it, you were really involved. It was a like that was your that might have been your second biggest job outside of playing the games was mm-hmm. recruiting for the next year because you can't sign guys after that senior year or that you know, sometimes in their sophomore year or junior year, they play well, and you have to talk them into coming back. Or coming they leave. back, exactly. You know, because I I built such a powerhouse with Hawaii that you know I had five star. Uh, fast, big receivers all over the place that people just couldn't cover anymore. Nice. And I had huge quarterbacks, and I never really counted on the running backs except for a little bit here and there. I had a couple studs along the way, but I had some wide receivers that put up just amazing numbers. And it's a shame because I stopped playing Madden a while ago just because I, 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 I'm not really sure why, but you know, to be able to up, upload some of those classes into Madden would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, and that was the other thing I was going to get to was you got to do the draft classes. Yeah. And you can export the draft class from your NCAA. NCAA, and it made, but it was always kind of funny. They never quite quite got the uh, translation right, right? Because <clears throat> you could have a guy who had just an incredible season in college, had twenty seven hundred all purpose yards as a running back, and they'd come out ranked as a seventy one or right, sixty eight, right. and it's like no, they, but they never had a chance to really refine that to the way it is now. Right. And I think they would have done it more correctly now. But anyway. It is a shame because it was so much. Fun it is, to play and there's and there's some time there's there's talk about it maybe coming back. So Herb Street is every year. Uh, Kirk Herb Street, yeah, one of the main guys from ESPN, always puts this out there on Twitter. Always puts this out there everywhere, saying bring back NC two A football from EA Sports. So fingers are crossed. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm sure the NCAA made a ton of money before when it was coming out. Oh they yeah. They didn't want to share it with the players at no. all because the NCAA is just greedy as can be. They don't want to share any organization. I don't know why they're <laughs> why they're in charge of sports, but um, at this point, it's hard to replace something that big. It is, you know, because it's like who's going to be the body and how's it going to be, you know. Well, you want it to be uh, consistent, right? But that's the problem: is how mm-hmm. are you going to ever have a consistent type of program or type of system where somebody's getting paid and somebody's not? Exactly, you know. and and there's so much parity between you know your your Alabama and Clemson's to your your Moorhead states and and teams like or your Georgia states, you know where you know they have to go into a Penn State and get their big payday to pay for their sports programs for the whole year and so on and so forth. It's a dynamic where it's not easy to figure out, and we can see where you know a lot of those teams in the parity stands um but it's something to be looked at you know like i said this game was a lot of fun well i know we're not scheduled to talk about this but what do you think could be done in college to make more parity to stop these powerhouses like what do you do to make it so that alabama clemson and uh, those are the two big ones i can think of but maybe oklahoma ohio state like from one of those teams being the champion almost every year. Well, well, you, you saw it with Clemson and then Kelly Bryan. Um, he's the transfer that isn't going to get. Uh, Dabo's not going to give him a championship ring. Even he let him go during the season, saying Trevor Lawrence is going to be our guy. You know, you, we're letting you out of here to go to Missouri because that's where he's going to play this year. Is at Missouri to get your chance to be the starter and to make your way into the instead of being a backup. And that's a whole debate. But he would have let him be the backup. 
Oh, yeah. He would have let him be the he backup. Leave. But, but he wanted to leave. Yeah, he wanted to leave, and then Dabo gave him his, his leave. And I've heard this to Baco every single which way this week uh, about him not getting a championship room because Dabo's not giving him one. He's like, I gave you the option to leave or about, you could be a backup. He's like, I gave you both options. You wanted to go. So, you know, that's one of those things where it's a tricky subject where, you know, the, the Texas A&M game where uh, Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing well, he brought them back and did do well in that game. And that's basically he got benched after that. And he, and Dabo gave him the, the amp to say, you can go somewhere else to start because Trevor is going to be our guy for the next two years, plus years, because Trevor was only a freshman last year and he has to play two more years. Right. So, And, and I totally get wanting to leave. Uh, but it, the the argument of should he get a ring is like, that's ludicrous. You have to have been on the team. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm sorry. I know that he played in some games. I know he was accredited for some of the wins and mm-hmm. everything like that. But you weren't there during the playoff. Right. And you left the team before, was it week five? Uh, I believe it was week five. Yeah. Because I think week four was the A&M game. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I know he played for the team. And I know you probably say like, well, how come, you know, Osweiler got a championship ring when Peyton Manning started most of the games? Right. Well, he was still there. He was still there, he and was, he's under you know, contract. Yeah, and he was on the team. He yeah. was still part of the squad. This guy had left the team. He left the school. Yeah. And what what kind of a signal would you be sending if you gave him a ring? Yeah, and, and that was the whole big thing with, with him is is he wanted to leave. He's like, I'm not going to sit here and be behind Trevor, you know, Trevor Lawrence, um, for the rest of my career when I can go play somewhere else. So he had to sit down his year because he already started, you know, four games, or he already played in a couple games, and now that Drew Locke's not at Missouri, he steps right in the Missouri, in the Missouri starting role. So, are they going to be competitive? Missouri this yeah. year? I think Missouri where, where can be. Went. Um, yeah, because Missouri should be competitive. I mean, Missouri with Drew Locke was competitive. I know Florida is ranked in the, I think they're ranked, uh, without looking at my phone real quick, uh, they're ranked ninth or 10th in the uh, SEC East, and that's where Missouri plays. Um, you know, you've got Georgia there. But, uh, you know, Missouri's going to put a decent team on the field. Uh, I don't know if they can compete with Georgia. I mean, quite frankly, I'm not sure if anyone can compete with Georgia right now. You might be looking at a Georgia-Alabama, Georgia winning an SEC title, and then going in to play Clemson for an, in the in the playoff this year. Uh, that's where I'm kind of headed because Jake Fromm is one of the top recruits coming out of college for the, the quarterback for Georgia right now. And he is very NFL ready at the moment to come out uh, next year. So. Who do you think is going to be the number one QB taken in the draft next year? I know it always changes. All well, time. you know, we got Abarth, um from up there in Oregon that didn't come out last year. He stayed the extra year. He needed to because he wasn't polished enough. You got Fromm sitting there. Uh, I think uh, what Tua still has to play one more year or not. Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. He transferred to Oklahoma. He's going to be their starting quarterback this year, the old quarterback from Alabama. You could see him going very high. He's playing in this. L- listen, you have Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray um, winning back-to-back, you know, basically Heisman trophies in a system that uh, that they're playing there right now. So look out for what Jalen Hurts might do this year at Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma did just lose a key defensive back. That might hurt them a little bit. It's going to be Oklahoma and Texas coming down to a, a Big 12 championship. You know, I, I'm so bad at watching college football. I don't think I realized both Kyler and Baker were from Oklahoma. I knew yeah. Baker was, but well, I never well, knew where, where Kyler was Kyler from. came out of the state of Texas, and he went to Oak. He was going to play. Uh, I believe at Texas Tech, and then he decided to go and play at Oklahoma, where I think he sat one year behind Baker, and then he basically picked right up where Baker left off. Wow! And they were so. Who, who was the better team? 
I mean, those different players, all uh, you know, around different the players. Like, I think what you saw is Oklahoma kind of got a little destroyed in their game uh, this past year in the in the uh, college football playoff, whereas Baker and the Georgia game in the Rose Bowl two, two years ago was one of the best games you're ever going to see in a in a college football playoff game. That was back and forth, uh, I believe, at the Rose Bowl nonstop to the end of the game, which was really exciting. Oklahoma was in the title game two years ago. They were not the title game. Oh. That was the semifinal game. Oh, and they, but they but they lost. They they, they did lose. They did lose. Uh, it was and in that game came right down to the end, and uh, it, and it was it was super exciting, especially out there in the Rose Bowl, one of the most iconic stadiums in all of the world of prof- or any any sport. Hosted many Super Bowls, the World Cup, a couple World Cups, and uh, it's where UCLA plays. And uh, it's just one of those iconic stadiums where you, when when you get a game like that, and it's like the Penn State uh, USC game in the Rose Bowl the other couple years ago where it went back and forth and it was so exciting to watch you get a game like that you just it sticks in the back of your memory do you think it annoys i don't know who it would annoy but i was thinking like people who are big time rose bowl people do they get annoyed that now there's no guarantee that you're going to get a pac-12 school in there I personally get annoyed um, just because I love the tradition of it. It's 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 the granddaddy of them all, as they as they call it. I get a little personally annoyed because I like to see the Pac-12 school and the Big Ten school. You have your your traditional, well, not Midwest anymore, but you know East Coast Midwest schools branching all the way out to Nebraska now, and then you have your 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 Pac-12 schools branching into Colorado where you get those matchups where a lot of times you don't see them during the regular season, and it's two different types of football that you used to see there all the time. I mean, you do run the risk, of course, if you were to say, well, if the number one Pac-12 school ends up going to a bowl game or a championship game, then the Rose Bowl should just be you know, the next best West team. Right. But they're probably thinking to themselves, we'd much rather be a playoff game and have two powerhouses every year instead of, trying to come up with a good matchup, you know, because then they, 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 they had to invite people. Right? Was, so was it was it the winner of the Pac-10 that always went, or uh, of the Big Ten that went out there, or was it... It was the, always the winner. The winner of the Big Ten would go, and uh, the one before we got into the BCS era and all that jazz, it was always the, the Pac-12 winner or the Pac-10 winner and the Big Ten winner. So that it, was the now, normal was matchup. Was Notre Dame part of the, the, the Big Ten, or is that... No, they're, they're Notre Dame's always been independent. They're still independent. Independent in football only. Okay, but they are still 100% independent. Yes. Okay, uh, then I don't have any sympathy for them for getting to play there. Um, yeah, I, I, there's no way you're going to talk these guys out of having the championship uh, or having right. the playoff and, and, game. And they're they're rotating it. You know, the, now they put the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl in there as one of the playoff games, and then they're rotating it around a little bit better. Um, you know, to 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 where we're getting. More stadiums and more fans involved around the country because uh, the championship game was at Levi Strauss Stadium out there in uh, technically San Francisco last year, even though we know it's all the way went down down there in Santa Cruz, I guess. And, um, you know, they're doing a good job of rotating things around and, and trying to keep some traditional bowl games around, whereas you still have like the Citrus Bowl where it's it's like a, an SEC number three versus a Big Ten number three. So, you know, you still have those traditional bowl games out there. Yeah, so you always had the Orange Bowl. You always had the Rose Bowl. You mm-hmm. always had the – what was the, the Sugar Bowl? Sugar Bowl. Those are the three big the ones Fiesta I remembered. Well, didn't Fiesta come around late? Like, um, wasn't that, isn't later, it? but uh, the Penn State won the Fiesta Bowl when they beat Miami in 86 to win the national title. Oh, so it's been around for a while. It's been around for okay. a while. Yeah. <laughs> 
Maybe I'm just thinking about how often it's been the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Well, yeah, it's it used yeah. to be the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. I remember that very first commercial <laughs> with uh, Chris. I think his name was Chris something. The guy that was the oh in like uh, something about Mary or uh, in Kingpin. He was the one that tried to offer all the money to those to them to sleep together or. Uh, he had his own TV show for a while. He's just right. he's a total dork, though. I mean, like, yeah. oh, in Groundhog Day, Groundhog he was the Day, cameraman. Yeah. The whatever, cameraman, you know, yeah. So, um, what is his name? I don't uh, remember off the Chris. top of my head. <laughs> I think it's Chris, though, as a first name. Anyway, um, do you want to jump onto the uh, trivia question? Yeah, yeah. This is actually a really good trivia question for the day. Um, so, in the NFL, in the past three seasons, there has been one running back to rush for 10 or more touchdowns in the past three seasons. Who is that running back? Ooh. There's only been one that's done it. Ooh. It's an interesting question when you start thinking about it with, with everyone out there in the free agent market. Well, not free agent, but holding out for contracts right now. Wow. I. Boy. Only one. There's only been one that's done it. And we're talking just rushing. Yeah, and we know it's not. I mean, I won't go too deep into the question right now, but I mean, we know it's not Le'Veon Bell because he didn't play last year. Uh, Melvin Gordon hasn't done it for three consecutive years, I can't imagine. Um, maybe two. I mean, ten's a lot of touchdowns. People don't realize. That's a lot. It doesn't sound like a huge number, but it's like, you know, you score 15 touchdowns as a running back. That was a massive year. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the record's only 22 by Jerry Rice. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think it's still the record. Uh, I don't know if Randy Moss broke it that year. In he, England, if he didn't break it, he came close. He did. Come, I know he came close if he didn't yeah. break it. Uh, and also, though, he had more games because yeah. Rice played in that strike-shortened year mm -hmm. and they actually did that record. So that was kind of amazing. Um, but what what didn't Rice do that was amazing? Um, boy, yeah, I'm going to have to ponder this real hard and, and see if I can even come up with a – I mean, I want to come up with good guesses. It's a great <laughs> fantasy question, actually. It is a great fantasy question because not only that, you know, you have to kind of be aware, but – it is think remembering three years ago. I, I don't think people realize how long ago that is. It's long I mean, enough that's for a, a running long back. time to to try to remember things. So, um, yeah, that's wild, wild. Good question. Well, we will uh, we'll explore that a little bit when we get down to the yep. one hour point and uh, see if uh, I can come up with a guess. So uh, uh, we move on to Tiger Woods here. So he's pulling out of a tournament. Yep. <clears throat> saw an article. Strained oblique. Yeah, so I saw an article saying, you know, what happened to Tiger after the Masters? Is it pain? Is it injury? Is it game? And it seemed like they were trying to say it was, it was really all, all, you know, it was both, both his game and his, yeah. his physicality. Uh, but I think that we all know from just what has happened to him over the last 10 years that it, it, when his back or his body is not right, he just doesn't play. Yeah, it's same. just not right. He took um, he took treatment yesterday morning and did a DW or withdrew uh, before he actually took the course. Um, he just knew he couldn't go. He had problems. He, I think he shot a four or five over on um, Thursday for the first round. I think he shot a 75. And uh, <clears throat> he woke up with the oblique. And your obliques, if you don't know where your obliques are, he got your normal six-pack like I'm ripped up here, you know, right in the front with my six-pack, which is an eight-pack or nine-pack. Oh, yeah, or mine's like pack. a cheese grater. Yeah, but your obliques are on the side muscles. So it's it's basically your core where you're turning in your swing. Can't twist. And, and he can't twist. And you can see the grimace on his face. And uh, Michael Collins... He's one of the best golf analysts for ESPN I've ever seen. I don't know if you uh, you've ever seen Michael Collins. Oh, sure. Yeah, he's 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 the African American guy with a big white beard that <laughs> comes up with all this crazy stuff to say all the time. He's one of the best interviews you'll ever see when he does an actual calm or talk about golf. Um, he's one of my favorite people to watch. But um, he said you just can't play. 
He's scheduled to be in the BM because the FedEx Cup starts now for the end of the the end of the season when the all the points and the and you decide the PGA oh. champion. So when does that when does that happen? It's it started the, the northern um, what is this called the uh, the no, northern when, trust when do they call. choose the champion and after this game this, uh, the, next the BMW is next week, um, which is uh, Meridian I believe, and he's scheduled to play there, which he shouldn't, and then. Right now, he's scheduled to play in China, which him and Rory have a skins game that's going to go, um, or Japan, uh, the Zoso tournament, which is at the end of October, and then you go oh, into... That soon? It's, it's pretty far off, but I mean, it's the end of October, and then you go into the actual, um, I think, the, uh, the uh, whichever final cup it is, and that's in December, is one of the last tournaments, and like Michael Collins said, he should just shut it down right now and get ready to play over in Japan because that's a really huge deal. That's the first time those ca- those guys are going to go play in Japan as an actual tour event. So, but, wait. So, but when does so is the is the golf season the same as the calendar season calendar year? The golf season's a little bit off because they go over and play. They start their year off over in Hawaii and down in uh, Florida. So it's technically it I don't care where they play. Right. But when do they play? There's not much of an off-season golf. From what I, Nate would be the perfect person to answer okay. this question right now. But off the top of my head, I know there's not much of an off-season because you basically get over into Hawaii, right? You end, and then all of a sudden you start up right again. There's really okay. not much of an off-season. Okay. Because most sports, you know, like I, I guess tennis is kind of tennis seems to be just an annual sport. Um, but I don't know in tennis if they ever realign the rankings. I mean. It, it, the rankings are odd because, like, someone can be gone or missed, like, two years, come back and have two great tournaments, right. and all of a sudden they're in the top ten or something right. like that. And so. Serena just won yesterday, again, up in uh, Toronto for the uh, the uh, the Canadian, the tune-up for the U.S. Open. Okay. So she didn't win the whole tournament. She beat the, the, the girl that beat her last year at the U.S. Open. Oh, that when was she a had, big yeah, loss. That, yeah. that was a big loss. And, and uh, she beat her in straight sets, actually, if I, if I remember seeing her right this morning. But, um, you know... It, it's the, the rankings on all these sports have different seasons and rankings and the way they all do it. And uh, I know uh, Dustin Johnson, before they teed off today, I think was one stroke ahead of, um, of, of uh, speed. And, uh, you know, it's going to make for good golf because they're, they're in Jersey City. You get to see the whole skyline of New York in the background on the golf course. It's pretty cool looking. I'd like to see Jordan be competitive again. It'd be nice. It's been a little bit since he's been. Uh, DJ has been up and down. Um, and, and it's been weird cause you know, we always want to mention Ricky Fowler's name in there, but he can never seem to get over that hump either. <laughs> and it's, it's one of those things where it's one of these tournaments, he's going to break through and it's just, where can he do it? Like he needs, he has a certain style of golf that he plays and it's, it's really what course so is going to be set. Kind of, yeah. yeah what to... course is going to be set up for him, you know, to really mm-hmm. pull up cause he's been competitive for two days and then all of a sudden he's falling apart for a little bit. That would be like me if I was a professional golfer. I mean, obviously, I'd be much better than I am. But my, I have this weird thing where when I'm on, I'm very on. Oh, yeah. And when I'm off, I'm completely off. Oh, that's the same way I am. And, yeah, and I'm just I, not on I, enough. I <laughs> shot my best round ever up at Flatirons in, in Boulder, nice. followed by my worst round ever <laughs> at Flatirons in Boulder. And the conditions were exactly the same. Flat irons, pin, is, flat irons pin, the, pin placement was the same. Everything. Flat irons, the course where it's literally going back and forth. Then That's back all of and it. Forth, yep. Back and forth. And I'll never forget the one time in this like hole uh, nine, I think, or no ten, I think, when uh, there's that water, uh, that little that big pond on the right hand side 
After you're, after you're, you're on like nine. halfway down, that's nine. Yeah, you're on nine. And I just remember when we looked across that, and I thought it was a statue at first, but this <laughs> funky-looking bird that looks like mean and has these big old <laughs> bug eyes and stuff. And I thought I thought it was like a carving or something. Oh, yeah. And then we saw it move, and it was like, oh, shit, that's a real bird. Yeah, nine goes back to where the event center used to be. Ten goes back out towards uh, Arapaho from the uh, uh, the clubhouse. So what what event, it used to. I know they had to redesign it a little bit yeah, after so the, the floods. Oh, it was floods. Oh, I thought the whole thing burned down. Oh, no, it, flooding. It was the flooding that uh, the, the floods of how many years ago that 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 basically they had to redesign and, and the, the event center was just trash at that point. I mean, and that was where the catering company Spice of Life was held. And yeah. just so even the radio knows, that's kind of how our entire Colorado group came together. Was Spice it of Life? It really is. Everybody <laughs> who I mean, not everybody worked there. I mean, I never worked there. I think I actually think I think I, think I worked one wedding for them. You've but, done me, yeah, um, well, yeah. but I didn't really work for them at all. But I knew, but I knew them because I played on their softball team. Yeah. Um, and uh, they got those, those the jerseys, the best jerseys I think we ever had for for a base for softball. And um, but I remember it's, it's funny, like everyone I know out here for a, the entire span of time I lived in Boulder, I think, pretty much came from so, someone that someone met at Spice of Life. Yeah, and, it and really was introduced into our group, and then <laughs> we started hanging out with them. So, uh, but that's why it's always kind of holds a place in uh, in our minds, is because that's how we all got to know each yeah. other. And uh, Plenty of times that we all ended up at that Spice of Life bar, uh, shots being poured, and yep. you know, and then and then driving home, you know, which, JMO flowing free, uh, freely. Yeah, JMO did flow, and uh, a <laughs> lot of driving we shouldn't have done back in those days. I didn't do a ton of it myself. I lived I, pretty I was, close, I so I was lucky. Yeah, that helps a lot when it's like a you know back road, yeah. two two you know two blocks. I could walk to my old place over there. Right, <laughs> right. It was uh, well. I remember a couple of times. Uh, Driving home from the bars, I not me driving, but when we had the, that truck and everybody would pile in the back and then get driven home, and you're just like, that probably was the least safe thing in the world. Oh yeah, I mean, thankfully in Boulder, there's not very many streets where you're going really fast. You no, know? and and nothing is that far away. You know, I mean, we lived close enough to the downtown area, the Pearl Street area, yeah. that you know it wasn't a super drive. But uh, I did have a personal experience one time where I drove home, and this is the last time I've ever driven with even a minor amount of minor of inebriation. Was my uh, you know uh, you know Anderson, hmm? uh, his brother came out to visit, and we were working in the kitchen at that time, or I was, yeah. And so I got off at three o'clock or two thirty. And he and his brother were already downtown at the Oasis. You remember the Oasis? Oh, yeah. I remember the uh, Oasis. Before they shut that down. They still make the beer, but uh, they yeah. shut the brewery the, down. It, was, I think it was the, the overhead for that place was I way too economical. Yeah. And they had such good deals. And that probably they killed did. them. I think it was $3. And that for, building was huge. Yeah. And during happy hours, like I think it was $10 for a pitcher or, or $3 to $5 yeah. for a pitcher of beer, a whole pitcher of microbrew. Right. And then uh, – but it was good microbrew in terms that it wasn't heavy. Like you could drink a lot of it. Yep. And it was almost like – it was almost light enough to be like a Coors kind of beer, except mm -hmm. that it had much more body, much more flavor right. than that, you know, yep. that joke of a beer. So um, anyway, uh, I'll never forget that we went to the bar and we had gone there. We were, we were going there almost every Friday because it was, you know, obviously it was in the 20s and it was a great place to start because their happy hour started at three o'clock. Mm -hmm. And so from three to six, you'd sit there. You could play $1 games of pool. You could buy $1 appetizers. They had the three mozzarella sticks. They had the, you know, the, the little yep. quesadilla, you know, the, and we would order, you know, four or five of those things, you know, order a few, you know, pitchers of beer, try and order like two pitchers of beer right before happy hour ended and then drink on that beer until it was done. And then, then you could go out to the walrus or the, yep. you know, the real grand or wherever else or the attic or wherever. And, uh, 
so we went there. We had you know a number of pictures, but I had to go there straight from work, and it had been so busy at work, and I'd wanted to make sure I got out of there early that I hadn't stopped to take lunch or to oh, eat yeah. lunch, which is really sad considering that I was at you know working at a in, in a grill you know, <laughs> right. that I couldn't make my own stuff food, but I was just in a hurry and I didn't eat a lot back then. I was in a lot better shape, and I boogied down to the oasis right. And we get there, and we're starting to drink, and his brother's there, and, you know, you know Chavez is a drinker, and oh, his yeah. brother's a pretty good drinker, and or at least it was, and so I, you know, was trying to keep up with him, and so we drink quite a few pitchers, and, and I think we did order a couple appetizers, but we were having so much fun reminiscing and, and trash talking and, you know, all that kind of stuff that I, I don't think I hardly ate anything there, and then we went to the Rio. And that's a and, mistake. <laughs> yeah, right after, after, so after drinking, like, five pitchers of beer, not I mean, between the three of us, um, maybe it was more than that because we were we were pretty we were pretty toasty. Anyway, we go to the Rio, go upstairs, you know where the fans are. Oh yeah, and we're in that little that little L shape, right, where you could sit up there and watch the bar below, and uh, got two margaritas that I remember. I we may have gotten three. I don't know. Limits three because was three right. Oh, it's always three. Yeah, <laughs> um, because of how much how they put so many shots in there. Yeah, uh, but I don't. I don't know if we had a third drink or not. I think Kevin or his brother Kevin said that we did have a third margarita. All I know is that we got kicked out because Brian and I started doing three-point stances and ramming into each other <laughs> as hard as we could trying to move the lines, you know, which obviously there was no running back, so no. it never never participated <laughs> in anything. But, uh, Kevin said we kept doing that, and the waitress was like, you guys got to stop playing football in the aisle here, and eventually they kicked us out. So then they went to the walrus, and I think I went with them for a while. Right. Wallace is a great part. I don't remember anything after the second margarita at all. Nothing. Oh, yeah, like, that'll happen. And so I hadn't had any food, <laughs> so I pretty much blacked out. And it was, I am not a big drinker. I've never been a big drinker. I just don't really – mostly because I get so dehydrated. Yeah. That's why I don't really like it that much. Otherwise, I'd probably like drinking. But I, by the third drink, I'm always like, oh, I'm you know thirsty and hell. Yep. Now I'm chugging water, and then you know, you're not drunk anymore. You know. Um, but anyway, uh, so I – don't know exactly where I went and what happened, but I know I drove home. Right. And it was, and I remember when I woke up the next morning and I saw my car was there. And I was like, why the fudge is my car <laughs> sitting out in front of the house? How did I get home? You know, it's like, I didn't drive that, did I? And it's like, I ran downstairs. And I'm like, oh my God, my car is out there. So I ran outside and I'm not shitting you. I walked around the edge of my car looking for blood or right. hair or fur or anything. Like, did I hit anything? Did I hit someone? Do I need to go to the police station and turn myself oh, yeah. in? You know, it's like, did I, what did I do? And I went around, and so thankfully there's no dents or anything, so it looked like I drove home safely, and uh, or at least made it home safely. And that's when I called up uh, the muscle, and and, uh, and he, I was like, dude, I think I drove drunk last night. He goes, well, yeah, you did. And I was like, how do you know? You weren't out with us. He's like, no, man, you called me when you got home, and you were so excited because you had made it home, and, and you kept telling them how they had said that you couldn't drive, you couldn't drive, and you did anyway, and you made it. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Did I really do that? And he was like, and it's like you realize how uncontrolled you are when you're drunk. Oh, yeah. And it's I was, it's one of those things. It's And, and, and you know, the, the laws in Colorado have changed a lot over the years now. Right. Well, so strict as hell now. They really are. But Especially I mean, just, after we legalized weed and everything like that. But, uh, yeah, there's some of the stuff that we used to do when back in the day in Boulder that look back on it going, boy, we should have never done that. Well, you just, I just realized, like, when people have done stupid stuff when they're drunk – and it's like, you know what? That I don't remember anything. So I could have done anything. I could have acted oh, yeah. in any way and not. Bless you. 
thank you. And not uh, not been aware of it, not not been able to, to well, make amends for one, it. One Halloween tangent here, but one Halloween, <laughs> it was a two-hour wait for a cab, and this is before Uber and everybody else. Right. I commandeered a street sweeper to drive us straight up Route 36 to Louisville. I mean, literally a street sweeper. We three of us hopped in, drove us straight up the side of the side of Route 36 to my place out in Louisville. Did you? What happened? What, what happened with the, with the vehicle? What's that? What happened with the street sweeper? Oh, he said pile in, and he just took us up. I gave him like a two twenties, and oh, it was the guy driving the street sweeper. Yeah, I said we I need. Thought to... you guys? No, stole no, no, one. no. I said we need to get out of here, man. He's like, we'd have to go up the road. He's like, hop in. Oh, I'm guessing <laughs> probably not the fastest trip. No, home. it was very slow, but we didn't care. Yeah, you're exactly right. Like, <laughs> just get me home. Get me to where I can fall asleep in my bed. Exactly, which is always preferable. That... <laughs> Commandeered a street sweeper. I have to. That's one of my, that's one of my better ones. And you don't see a street sweeper on the freeway very often. No, so <laughs> you, you, <know>. you don't. <laughs> and uh, but you know, also that that night when I drove home, and uh, it, it, and actually it was a, in in hindsight because nothing bad happened. I want to stipulate that because nothing bad happened. It was a great thing because I never did it. I never yeah, drove. It, it was a learning lesson. I mean, it was basically if I drive my car somewhere now to a bar to drink. Of course, at my age now, I don't drink that much. But anyway. If I go somewhere to drink, every, anytime I went to somewhere to drink after that, I put, number one, I would put my bike in my car. Yep. And say, so you can take your bike home. And, uh, but I also said, you are never going to drink more than two beers in an hour. And if you start to feel yourself getting hammered, like I would give my keys to and, someone. And else. you guys, you guys know me. I mean, I will not drive. If I have, if I have my car anywhere, my car, car keys, and I hang out with anyone, I will not even have a beer. That, right. That's that's just where it is. Why why get why even risk it? At, you yeah. know, at this age, you know, you, yeah, you, realize, it's, how, it's you just, realize how dumb with, it is. with the laws and everything. I, I don't even risk it. I was like, you know what? That one beer isn't going to be satisfactory for me, or it's not. It's not going to say, oh, that was a great tasting beer. Where it makes me say. I'd rather have a beer and drive rather than a, a Diet Pepsi with a lemon in it. Right. I'd rather have the Diet Pepsi and the lemon and feel safe. Because yeah. you never know what his, who, who else is on the road or That's what might happen thing, right? to you. Right. When you see those articles about somebody who died in a head-on collision yeah. because someone went over the median. Mm -hmm. And I think, that's, I, in fact, I think that's why most of highways and freeways now have that major divider yeah. or that, that barrier. Is is because of that reason alone? Oh God! Yeah. Like, if you're gonna fall asleep and run into the wall, you should run into the wall and crash there, and maybe not you know die, right? As opposed to like hitting going head on with someone on. and you both die. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, what I mean, how fast your life could just be gone? And, yeah, and, and that's and, and no thing. fault it's, of your own. You're driving and safely. And you know? it, it, like I, I tell everybody, I'm like, you know, because uh, I have a couple friends that I, I, I'm always a designated driver in a tech center, no matter what. It's like you know what. Perfect. Right? I, you live so close. I yeah, mean. I was like, I won't even drink tonight. I'll have a soda. Just buy me an appetizer. Yeah. You all get home safe. Yeah. You don't have to Uber it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, I mean, that's the other thing is that, um, you know, uh, now that most people that I know have gotten, you know, I'm not saying that most of them aren't, aren't like, well off, but I have enough, you know, most of my friends are now have making enough where they can Uber. Yeah. And, uh, you know what, it, it really is, is, I mean, and as guys, at least, it's a good way to go. I mean, not that nothing could, bad could happen to you, but, you know, I mean, I do get nervous for women. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Because you never know who the guy might be. Right. I, I think what Uber should start doing is allowing um, women to women customers to specify for a woman driver. Yeah. Because it's I mean, a good idea. At least then, you know, the likelihood of. Of of sexual assault is is diminished. I yeah. would think. Uh, obviously, nothing's going to eliminate that. But 
Um, anyway, yeah, Uber, Uber and Lyft have become a godsend, though. Because, yeah, they have. You know, I mean, yeah, it may be, you know, you may be like, wow, it's going to be 35 bucks to try to get an Uber home. And yeah, it's 35 bucks, and it's not super cheap if you're, especially if you're hurting for cash. But hey, you know what it is to get a DUI? It's like twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, it, it and beats the hell out of that. If you kill someone, there is no price that's going to fix. Yeah, there's no what price happened. that can fix that. So, anyway, just the interesting stories about how you kind of, you know, when you think about things that happened in your past where you could have had something bad happen. Right. So I try not to jump on people too much for past transgressions. It's like we all did stupid stuff. We all just didn't get caught. Right. And the people that get caught, you know, these days if you get caught, you're pariah in the in the in the media, and people go crazy on you. Exactly. And, you know, that kind of bleeds into uh, honestly the thing with Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we've got all this chaos going on, and no one really knows what the hell's going on. But he's starting to look like he's. A, I mean, starting to think that maybe Pittsburgh had a reason for letting him go. I mean, and, talk about your diva from the cryogenic chamber. I mean, did you see his feet? Oh yeah. I mean, it's disgusting. What? I don't understand why. Okay, first of all, how does the center, the cryogenic center, not be like you need to have shoes on? I, I, I that's a really good question. I mean, I, I mean, I looked at his feet this morning. Actually, I went to Twitter and I, lo- I went on his page, and I was just like, "Good God, how do you, you let even? How does anybody let that happen?" I mean, for all you guys that don't know it out there, I was going to try to save the photo and put it up, and I didn't. But just search Antonio Brown's feet right now. It's absolutely disgusting. But, I mean, so what was the purpose of the cryogenic freezing? Because, I mean, cryogenic people know of that. That's the Walt Disney, right, where yeah. they cut off his head and then they – I don't know if they cut off his head. I heard, I heard it was just his head that was preserved. But I think that's what that, was preserved. Back, back in yeah. those days. And that, these days you can have your whole body done. But right. science still hasn't figured out how to – the whole problem with it, right, is that uh, when you freeze someone or, or, or a tissues and things like that, um, the ice in the cell bodies – or the water in the cell body turns to ice, and ice is a crystalline structure, so it shears and destroys things yeah. as it grows. It'll cut the cells up. And so that's the problem that they have is that if you have this thing done to freeze you and hopefully bring you back to life uh, in the future and then keep you alive at an older age, it's like, well, how, how are they going to reconstruct all those cells? So the people who have been having it done, for the most part, it's like, well, no, they're, they're, they're dead. I mean, they're, they're, they're destroyed. They can't bring them back. But I mean, I guess they pay for it, you know, so they, right. they have a shot for it. Although you got to wonder how much do you have to pay to keep yourself frozen for 200 years when God knows what's going to happen exactly. to inflation over the next 200 years, right. you know? I mean, Disney, obviously, Walt Disney Company is wealthy beyond belief, but I don't know how rich he is right. or his his estate is. I don't know how much of that they still own, if they own all of it or what. But uh, I just don't understand, like, what was he doing in a cryogenic and, thing? And was that's it a- just to trying to, like, I mean, was he trying to re- re- rejuvenate or? his feet a little bit? I mean, does he have that many foot problems? I mean, get a pedicure around every now and then? Something? Yeah, I mean, uh, did the podiatrist recommend it? I don't know I, what's That's, that's going the on. thing that I don't understand. I mean, I saw the picture and then I, I heard about the chiodronic chamber and I'm like, I was like, did somebody tell you to get a pedi and you just forgot and you wanted to do something? Yeah, I just, <laughs> and, 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 I'm, I'm, and I'm not even sure. Maybe a lot of people, players do it. Maybe it's a really common practice. It could be. And it might have just went horribly wrong wrong for him but yeah, i mean i mean he hasn't happened. he hasn't been on the field yet with you know and gruden's getting pissed off right now yeah and, and it's just like you need to learn this offense we were paying you a hell of a lot of money and now the whole thing with his helmet is not sanctioned by the nfl and the new safety committee which lamar jackson lamar wore the same helmet and antonio's saying it's 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 messing with his vision and so on and so forth and he's i'm gonna retire if i can't wear that helmet it's like well it doesn't meet nfl regulations i that 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 was 
I just think it's amazing that you haven't played a down of football for this team and you have been nothing but drama. And that's what I'm starting to say. Like, maybe maybe the Steelers were like, you know what? It's addition by subtraction getting rid of this guy. I, I, and look at what the Steel the Steelers looked great the other night with uh with Washington, their their second year guy, you know, in preseason. And it, it's just like who needs that diva on your team? Right. I, it's and, just and you one know of those you're gonna, things. And you know you're going to have to get rid of Big Ben soon. Not get rid of Big Ben. I'm sure he's going to retire soon. He's going to, just like the, the Tom Brady conversation comes up, you yeah. know, and, and his last contract here, maybe, or if he wants to play longer and if they let him play there. But, uh, you know, at some point, you know, Ben's got to do this. And, you know, maybe Ben was reported to bring uh, the team over to his family estate where, you know, it's his home now mm-hmm. and sit around the pool and have fun instead of, you know, maybe doing an outing with everybody instead of, uh, you know, just, uh, doing it at his house and trying to be, Hey, I'm the man or whatever. Maybe he should have been more of a teammate and had everybody around. But, um, you know, it's just, it, it makes you wonder and y- you start thinking about it and, you know, the, the Steelers may have been on to something there. I mean, right now, Antonio Brown is looking like the biggest diva on earth in the NFL, in my right. opinion. I mean, there's just no other way to come off right now with the way he looks. So, I mean, that's just one of the things. And it's, you know, you, you, you kind of feel bad for the Raiders in the position they got themselves into because he needs to be on the field learning that offense. Just, yeah, I, you can study the books. You can study the plays. You can study the, the theme scheme you can't timing doesn't happen unless you're doing it you have to practice you have to actually be doing the activities to know um but i just i would be yeah if i was well not only not only all this other stuff but the raiders are on hard knocks yes i don't think that's a good thing for them to because they're being under the microscope right now yeah and that's the kind of thing that, I mean, now Gruden's not getting let go anytime soon. No. But, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, it's just a bad situation brewing out there, man. I don't know when the new episode of Hard Knocks is out. I saw half of the first one. Ugh, I, I don't get HBO. Oh. And is it on Netflix? No, it's on HBO. Let me know. I can get you my password. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, haven't... It's, I mean, you have to watch it a couple of days after it, yeah, it airs. It, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but it's it, it, the first one was pretty decent. You know, I mean, Gruden obviously is a fun guy to watch. He is. Um, and Antonio, I mean, the guy's looking really funky right now. He's got the, like the blonde blonde hair and oh, blonde yeah. beard, you know, but like, but like not the whole thing isn't blonde. It's like streaked or something. It's just kind of different. But I mean, you know, diva's a diva, right? The diva, you know, the great ones are going to be divas because, yeah. you know, you have to have that certain, <clears throat> I don't know if you call it flamboyance or showmanship or something to really get you uh, out there and, and going. But um, anyway, I, uh, uh, I just got a text from, cause, so I've got a friend whose husband offered to do repair work on my car for you know right. significantly less than a shop does. And so I was so excited to get it to him and uh, and get some work done because my car has you know some serious yeah. work. And yeah. Not serious work. You have an older forerunner. What year is it? Old. It's a 98. 98, yeah. So needs an oil change, needs new spark plugs, needs a new battery. Uh, you know, I, I need some new cold crank amps for next summer right. or for next winter, excuse me. Um, uh, all four brakes need to be replaced. Uh, so do the drums and the rotors. So, yeah. um, but she was just texting me saying like, "Oh, it's going to be more because the drums and the rotors are damaged." And I was like, "Ah, oh, it's not a surprise. It's been a long time." <laughs> yeah, when, when you let them go, I, I remember my older, my two thousand Grand Cherokee had that same problem because I let it go too long and I had to do both the drums and the brake or the, the pads. Yeah, and, and so. The, so the stuff caught those that that the rotor part costs so much more than the brake pads yeah. themselves. And so, um, but what I'm really saving on is the labor. He's I'm just going to get yeah. like big, straight two hundred bucks in labor. 
neighbors. So, um, but yeah, she's just sitting here getting the message, and I'm like, well, if I need to Venmo, Venmo you money, tell me now because yesterday was payday. Right. So for like two days, <laughs> I've got a little bit of dis- I've got a little bit of say in where my money goes before you know, I've, obviously before bills you know take everything else. Oh so. yeah, yeah. Um, but it's always it's always like you know when you get your car stuff fixed in your car, it's just amazing how nice it feels the next day. Oh yeah, you know when like especially when you have an old car, you know. But when uh, but in giving my work coworker my car last yesterday after work. And then taking her car home, uh, it's like, man, it's like my car is old because hers isn't even new at all. It's, I mean, right. but it's probably ten years newer, right. twelve years newer. And I mean, the difference in just the way they handle, they drive, yeah, the oh, way yeah. everything feels. It's like, it's like, man, I feel almost safer in that car than I do in my SUV, which is odd, you would think. But I mean, she, it's a Chrysler and. Man, it just drives so smooth and everything. But then again, I think, well, her husband's the mechanic. So right. every time there's something, anything going wrong, it's like, oh, it gets imme- fixed right immediately away. fixed and updated. And yep. and I'm, I'm guessing on when he gets bored on a weekend, he probably just pulls apart the engine and starts looking for stuff to fix. You oh, know? Yeah. So um, I don't know. That's something I would love to do. Um, let's see. What did she say? If you want to do that, he will charge more for labor. So it would be, oh, so I got to pay more for labor, too. <laughs> God damn. Oh, it's going to cost me a lot of money, but got to get it done. Hang on just one second. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Cars do get a money pit. I'm getting actually a text saying that my mom can't get us on the air right now. Oh, that's not good. And she hasn't been able to get us for the past couple of weeks, actually, which is kind of weird. Yeah, she just put that on the... Where is she listening to us from? Uh, She's in... They're in PA right now. No, Uh, no, no, no. Where is she trying to listen to us on? That's a really good question. I'm I'm trying to figure out if it's the Facebook posting I put up that she can't get. Or, or not. That's kind of an um, interesting yeah, one. I don't know. I mean, it's right off the um, the Blog Talk page is the, the link. Let me get to a... We'll just keep talking here. Let me get to a link and just see if I can't pick the show up in my ear here. Yeah, I'm just going to see if I can just play it off the... Yeah, sorry we had to do the... Uh, we're doing a little technical uh, maintenance online here, but uh, we'd like to make sure people can listen because that obviously makes it hard for the show to do much. Uh, let's see... And oh, now they want me to Venmo the money. How much do So let's see. It's going to be five. So it says it comes up to five sixty-two for the parts, and I put it. I gave him four hundred. So one hundred and sixty for that, plus another seventy for the additional labor. So. Ugh. So two thirty more than my original was an estimate. So. <laughs> Gosh, it's gonna be like eight hundred bucks. Oh, damn it! I hate that. But you know, you only get it done. You got to If the car goes, then I have no way to get around, and I certainly can't afford a, uh, oh, a monthly yeah, car payment of six hundred bucks a month. So no, I know what you're saying on that one. <laughs> I tell you about my coworker. So she bought a car, and it was the first time she'd ever bought like a new car. And I can't remember if she bought it or leased it. But anyway, I think she bought it, and she was uh, in the first year, and then it snowed. And she found out that the car did not handle in snow very well or, or well at all, or at least not the way that she liked. And so she took the car back in and decided to get a different car. Right. And either she didn't realize it or they didn't tell her. I'm not sure which. But she didn't realize that she still owed the rest of that first car. And then they threw the right. second car on top of it. Right. So all of a sudden she went from a $360 payment a month to like almost 700 and she was making like significantly less than I make, and I was like, "How in the world 
are you doing that? And or are you paying for that? And what she got away with was that her mom and mom and son both lived in her uh, the house that she had bought. Right. And so she her mortgage out of her own paycheck was only like two hundred. So that's how she was able to do it. But I was just like, holy cow! So, um, and let's see here. Sorry, I'm getting more messages here. Um, moving over here so antonio kind of a train wreck kind of a i you know what would be funny is if he comes out and ends up having like just a monster season just destroys it and it's like everyone can forget about drama when you're winning right you know that people are always in a good mood when they're winning of course you know it's when people start to lose you know, like what terrell owens was a great example of that when he was on a winning team and things were going well and he was getting the ball no problems ever. But, boy, the second that he was not the focus of attention, that he wasn't the number one guy, that the team wasn't heading to a, a possible Super Bowl, he blew up every team he went to and, and caused, you know, I mean, from Garcia. right? Remember that in the Garcia days in the, yeah. the Niners? Oh, yeah, I remember and that. What was, was, it, was it Jeff Garcia? Yeah, uh, Jeff Garcia. Yeah. He played for the Eagles then, too. and Oh, okay. Yeah. I just remember, like, you know, Terrell went to play with him, and at first he was praising him like crazy. Then he started, like, insinuating that he was gay, and then he started insinuating <laughs> that he couldn't do this and couldn't do that. Then they go to the goes to the Eagles after the debacle when the Ravens tried to get him, and then they go to the Super Bowl where he rips McNabb saying that he couldn't say anything in the huddles, that he was overcome with, like, anxiety or whatever yep. it was, um, which is so weird to think that he got that cooped up or whatever you would call it during the Super Bowl, but yet he was able to do all those playoff games. Uh, for all those years with the Eagles, taking them to four straight, yeah. you know, a championship, a, a, a NFC championships. So, um, anyway, uh, it, I just, I, I hope, I hope Antonio doesn't like destroy what the Raiders are trying to do. Not that I care about the Raiders, right? But you know, uh, you know. Um, and as far as that helmet thing, uh, what if that does limit vision? I don't know that. I, I have no idea. Nothing about it. I mean, do you do you have a potential to get hurt even more if you're not if you don't have your full field of vision? When it comes to standardized equipment, people have their preference, and I know when I when I played uh, when I came out here and played up pickup hockey and so on and so forth, I had my my standard stuff that I I like to wear. I, I was a CCM guy, and I didn't like other helmets per se. Um, it's it's something of feel, I think. But if Lamar's is doing it too, or Lamar had the same helmet and he switched, and he's being fine with it, I'm not sure why. It it's it's it's. Um, well, you said that Lamar Jackson has been using it. Yeah. What did, what did he say about it, or did he say anything about it? He's fine with it. You know, it's just one of those things where the the helmet that it was the uh, Antonio was wearing. It, it's not up to, to code, it, is what it really isn't. It's not up to code um, for the new specifications on the safety standards. And uh, there's a code. It's a whole, like, seven-letter acronym of the code that they go by and so on and so forth. And um, they, it's just one of those things where he says he doesn't feel comfortable wearing it. It limits his vision when he's looking for the ball or trying to see the ball to receive it. And uh, he said he's willing to retire over it. And the thing is, like, maybe it really does do those things, or maybe he has just gotten so used to the old version 
that the idea of doing a new version is not preferable or not comfortable. Right. That, that's the word it's I would hard, use. It's as hard comfortable. to get used to something new if you're not. It, if, it if, is. Got, if you're it is. if you're excelling at something the way it is, you know. Like I've never quite understood that whole thing because my my favorite thing to do when I was young was to move every six months and and be in a whole new place and a whole new culture and all new people and stuff right. all the time. I liked being uncomfortable. Like for a long time, in fact, being comfortable was when I said, "Oh, it's time to move. It's time to do something different." But when you're a superstar at something, I, I can see where it might get a little stressful to not have things go the way that you're used to. So Yeah, no, 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 I agree with um, that. Because like I said, with, when it came to a hockey helmet, because we got him pick up games of uh, a hockey up in Westminster, inline hockey, not actually ice. And uh, I know that when you get used to the certain equipment, it is a comfort thing. So. And I'm trying to deal with, trying to figure out, because I'm not hearing any audio coming out. I mean, it's showing that their audio is there. And it's, it shows how far we are into the show. Hmm. But it doesn't want to... Well, you know what? I haven't had a chance to listen to their show the last two weeks, so I haven't actually, I, like... I honestly... I haven't actually either. I hope our shows haven't all been blank air. Um, I am recording this one on a digital device, so I'll up, I can upload that later this afternoon if need be. But, uh, boy, that would... That might... Uh, that'd be a good thing for us to know if it's not, if it's not playing right. But I wonder how we would know that it doesn't play right. You know, I, how are we ever going to find these things out? But I'm glad your mom mentioned it. She just, she meant, I don't think she texted me back at all. Like she just, it's, it says the audio is there. It's just yeah, not, it it's, shows us on air. So let me just, I don't know. Um, this is last week's show that, that, nope, that's last week's audio. I can tell you that. Okay. Yeah. Cause we did bad obsession this morning. So. Yeah. Um, well, uh, hopefully people out there are, are, are hearing us, but uh, we're going to keep uh, working here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we got a little sidetrack there with a whole bunch of uh, little technical problems here, car problems and everything like that. So um, yeah, Car work is just, and, and, and I, I'm sorry for doing this while I'm worth broadcasting. It's just I have to get this thing done so I can get my car back because without having a vehicle makes uh, makes the weekend difficult for errands <laughs> to get done. Oh, yeah. Done. Um, and now i got to come up with some cash, so. Um, like I always say, it's always that's why I always withhold doing something like this until it is payday. So it's like just in oh, yeah. case, uh, find out that you know, like this case here, it's like oh, you got I need another two hundred bucks. It's like okay, well at least I at least you know. But you know, I always say it's like it's always annoying to spend money, but it's you always be thankful that you have enough to spend uh, when the costs come up. So thankfully, I got a little something right. here. But uh, hang on, I got to transfer some money. So go ahead. <laughs> no, I just want let's run over. Um, um, right now, Zeke, Dak, and Amari. Remember when the, when the Cowboys traded for Amari, they gave up a first round pick. So at some point, you have to pay Amari, no matter what. He's going to have to get paid. You got to pay Dak because right now Dak is your quarterback, and. That kind of leaves Zeke, the odd man out in Dallas right now. And and Jerry Jones is on record saying he doesn't want to be the trendsetter in setting the market value for running backs right now. Because what is the market value for running backs? In my opinion, Zeke's more valuable to the Cowboys than Dak is, quite frankly. And Amari's probably more, more, more valuable than, than, than Dak is, too. Because, you know, Dak can get all those guys the ball. 
But you're looking at paying all three of them. So where do you bring the money in for that? Because it, 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 it gives you a financial problem of just trying to uh, figure out where all the money does come from. Because Zeke's ready to hold out. I mean, there's no mistake about that. And you're going to have to, because if you gave up a first-round draft pick for Amari, you're going to have to pay him at some point. Yeah, and I, I just, yeah, I, if, I'll be honest. If I was Jerry Jones, I would be pissed. I would yeah. be like, you're, you need at least another year. Of doing well because I would say, look, you've caused He's still us. He's on his rookie contract. Well, but I mean, I, I but I understand that, um, you know, I just the how do I put this right? Um, I understand that they don't get paid enough on their rookie contracts if they're really good, and they can say, you know, what, my most productive years now are going to be wasted on this low contract, and then I have to hope I stay healthy mm-hmm. and get the big money contract. And I get that. I really get that. I do. You know, um, I, I'll be the first one to say that if you're a worker making that it's causing the company to make millions and millions and millions of dollars, you deserve to be compensated. Yeah. But it is an early contract, and you you've caused drama. Not just now with the contract issue, but you caused drama in the past. You got in trouble for was it domestic disputes that he got? I can't remember what he got suspended. Suspended oh, those four games for seven games for. It was uh, it was an incident at Ohio State for I think domestic disputes. Um, got caught in a pot shop in Seattle. But he wasn't suspended for that. Wasn't suspended for it, but he's still in there, and it didn't look good. And then, so, he, and then he got the trouble with the security guy. The security guy in, in Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, and I know he claimed that it was just the guy. Um, you know doing whatever but right um yeah it's just just odd it just doesn't it doesn't look good for him um right now I, there's a lot of talk around the the league of them moving him because they can't take his contract on with Dak's not going to take a cut he already said he's not and you have to pay amari right if you're going to give up a first round pick for amari to bring him in you're going to have to pay him yep so right now there's a lot of talk that deke might or, or zeke might get traded they might get, they might have to get him out of there, and I think the Cowboys are on tonight to see that uh, the, the kid they drafted and see how he does um, to see what they have back there. If I if I remember right, I believe the Cowboys play uh, was it San Francisco tonight, um, but they have to see what they have in the backfield right now because you can't pay all three of them the amount they want to be paid. No. And Dak doesn't want to take a, a pay cut. He's not going to give you, he already said, I'm not giving you the hometown discount. So, and, and that's just one of those things. So I think that the NFL needs to follow the NBA's lead on these salary cap things. Because, look, if you've got a great quarterback, and then you get a, and you get a great receiver, you have a great receiver, or you have a great running back, and these players become great because they play together, and you can't pay them to keep them together because it just... It, just takes too much of your budget to right. then have a full team, then and you're destroying a team that maybe you know before it really should be. And I know it probably all falls on deaf ears because you look at the Patriots and say, well, the Patriots haven't had any problem, you know, with this. And it's like, yeah, but the Patriots aren't the aren't the standard. If it was right. football, would be a completely different sport. All the props in the world to Belichick and his team. It's amazing what they have pulled off. And, and, Absolutely and, amazing. And, and Brady's taken that pay cut to keep teams together up there and that's another thing where it's getting batted around right now you know if, if brady does have to leave the patriots if he's not performing at the highest level and still wants to play you know where's the landing spot he might land up in because uh, i've, I've heard not, that one batted at least around. two years away so that's what i say but i've heard it batted around this week pretty much 
Yeah, that's that's the NFL people not having enough to talk about and, yeah. and having to make up something because no way Brady leaves. He'll never play for anybody else. I'm that's sorry. what I that's what I say. He'll I don't retire. see that ever happening whatsoever. He's I mean, going to retire. You Patriot. already have You're, a solid argument. When he the leaves, the, when he when he leaves the field, the next time you're going to see him is in a gold jacket. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's just, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a no doubt Hall of Famer first ballot. He's in the discussion for the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. Yeah. Um, he's married to a supermodel. He's looks like he still looks like a model at, at 40, oh, whatever years Lord. old. He's in the best shape of anybody I've ever seen, really. Yeah. And he's considering what would he look like when he came out of college. Yeah. <laughs> Good and, Lord. And you take the fact <laughs> that this guy had the biggest chip in the world on his shoulder and he turned it into an amazing career. Yeah. And, you know, so it's all all of that's wonderful. And so I don't see him going anywhere else because it would just, you know, it's like it all it ever smacks up when you're an all time great player. And you leave your team and go somewhere else. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's a disaster. You're not you. Basically, what it is is the player not wanting to believe what everyone else in the organization realized, which is you can't play anymore. Right. And the player is like, no, I can play, especially for a team that really needs me. It's like, well, yes, you could. We're saying that you're not at the caliber of player to really play on this team anymore, which is the team that you've been with your entire career for a reason. Right. Maybe you can say Jerry Rice because he had a couple of good seasons in Oakland after he left the Niners. Right. And they went mm-hmm. to a title, a, world, a Super Bowl with him. Um, you know, uh, you know, but most well, any other player, unless they're a player that jumps around all the time. Joe Montana went to the Chiefs. Yeah, but that wasn't really a his team thought he couldn't play anymore. The team had to make a decision between right. keeping him or keeping Young. You know what I mean? Like these, other, it's like Willie Mays going to the Mets after he left the Giants, and he was just nothing. I mean, he was almost pointless. Jordan coming back and playing with the Wizards, you know, right. after leaving the Bulls, it was. And I love Jordan to death. He's my favorite player, but it doesn't change the fact that he just it was done. You know, you oh, were, yeah, you he were was, done. He was done. It's over. You know, it's time to, it's time the you need to accept what they, what the other team knows. And I do think it's kind of interesting. Um, it's like that movie uh, Moneyball, you know, with Brad Pitt playing. Oh yeah. Bean. And there's that great scene where, or that, where they're talking to the, talking to him as a kid about signing the contract and says, you know, we're all told at some age, we can't play the game anymore. Mm-hmm. We just don't know when that's going to be. Some of us, it's in middle school. Some of it's in high school. Some of it's college. Some of it's when we're 40, you know, but that's but one of my, that's told. one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Just, that, that is really by far one of my favorite movies. And if you've made it to an older age in your sport and you've been with one team the whole time, you should retire. Uh, it, the, you'll go out with the best taste in your mouth. And it's almost like they're saying, I, I just enjoy playing too much or whatever, so I don't want to stop playing, or I'm too competitive a person to stop playing. And it's like, but all you're doing is tarnishing your legacy. And right. in the end, will it stop you from getting into the Hall of Fame? Of course not. Will it stop you from getting endorsement deals? Probably not. Will it cause any kind of real damage? No. But what are people going to remember? How you went out. And there is something to be said for Elway. I mean, the guy walks out of his, of his career on the top of the game. He's won completely on top Super Bowls. Yep. And completely on top of the game. Walked out. Now he's won the Super Bowl as a, as an executive too, which is a pretty right. astounding accomplishment, but it's but you know, it's like you can, I can see why you'd want to do it. Do it when you can. Do it when it works. Then do it when it feels right, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but then again, I also have never been on that level, and I can tell you from a championship winning hit in softball, that felt pretty freaking amazing. So Oh yeah. I can also see how there's an addiction to the feeling of winning. And it's like, I just want one more shot. Mm-hmm. 
It's like when you go play the slots, right? Well, I don't play slots, but playing craps. Yeah. I want one more roll. One more shot. Give me one more shooter, you know? Let's 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 make this happen one more time. Because that's that's what life's about, right? Oh, it is. It the is. Good part. You know, that that's what all the good parts are about. So let's say it's we're we're already at the top of the hour here. Let's get into the trivia question, talk a little bit of NFL more uh, a little more NFL football here, and then we're gonna get into a little bit of uh the field of dreams and uh, what's gonna happen next the year out there in a cornfield in Iowa, um, where the field of dreams is filmed. It's not gonna be actually on that field, it's gonna be next to that field because that's an actual tourist attraction now. But uh the trivia question of the week here. Um, basically, there is one running back that has rushed for 10 or more touchdowns in the last three seasons. Who is that running back? Okay, this is going to be hard. So, I'm trying to think about just high-scoring running backs. So, Zeke, I think, probably hit 10. Um, but I don't know if it's been, I don't even know if his. I think it's his third season now. It's his third um, season. And remember so, he was suspended for what? Four to six, four, four or six games. Boy, he, I still think he had 10 last year, um, or two years ago. Cause I had him, but are we sure it's not his fourth season? Is it really just his third? Uh, this will be his fourth now because his player, con- his player option for free agency. So he has played three years. So yeah. he could have gotten 10, three years. So he's, he'll, he's my kind of one of my maybes. Um, we know no, it wasn't Lavian. I don't. It wasn't Blount. Blount didn't do enough no. three consecutive years. He only had some good years uh, in a twenty year. Um, so my first guess is going to be Todd Gurley. It's a really good guess. It's wrong, huh? Yep. All right. So it's not Gurley. Boy, he didn't have ten touchdowns for the last three seasons. Not uh, rushing. Wow. Uh Boy, fantasy owner, pay it, pay attention. Even if we have to replay this, and it's not going yeah. live because I can't get it on live right now. But if, when we put this up for replay, this is a good topic. Oh, boy! I just don't want to look at something to try and figure it out. <laughs> um, I don't, Kamara, but I don't, he hasn't been. In, has it been been three years? He's only been in the league two, two years. Now he doesn't have Ingram there. But that doesn't factor into last year. Right. Um, Jets, no. Patriots, no. <sighs> Pittsburgh, no, nope. because of Le'Veon. Right. It's not. So I don't think it was Zeke, but that's. Uh, he might be my next guess. Um, Niners, no. Seattle, no. Not the same guy. <sighs> Boy, I don't think it's Melvin Gordon, but who the hell knows? Um, Texans, no. Dallas, no. Pittsburgh, no. Philly, no. Giants, no. Miami, no. Cleveland, no. Saints, you said no. Uh, Panthers, no. Um, boy, can you give me a hint? Well, is, is it Zeke or Gordon? It's Melvin Gordon. Is it really? It really is. And and right now, and then we'll lead right into that segue too. It doesn't. There's still ten million apart, 
And they have two quality backups that out there that are more than capable of running the ball and catching the ball on the backfield. I there's, trade Gordon in a heartbeat. I don't think there's any way that Gordon plays for San Diego at all, or no. not San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers at all this year. Quite frankly, well, I mean Austin Eckler and who's the other guy? Uh, uh, Eckler and um, is it Danny Jackson? I think it is Jackson. Is that his name? But, uh, but yeah, it, I agree. Yeah, they've got. I mean, I mean, ten million was great yeah, last year. Ten million apart right now is the number. That's a big gap. Yeah, I would rather trade him <laughs> now and be like, "What do we need the most? Do we need right. alignment? Do we need a secondary guy?" And see if there's someone out there who's got a veteran who's got a good two years left, and we'll trade. And just take that. I wouldn't even try and get draft picks for him. I would try because because you don't get anything for draft picks now. Most of the time, you don't get anything good. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no. You're right. I mean, I'll, the, the who was that one stupid trade that was done recently where they got like three first rounders? Oh, you're thinking of uh, Mac, Cleo yeah. Mac, Cleo. That was kind of that. That seemed like a dumb move to me, except when you think about the fact that the Bears got the second best running back in the draft. Right. We're able to trade Jordan Howard for whatever they got for him. Uh-huh. And they've got a they've got a young quarterback who looks very promising. They've got some good receivers. They've obviously got a good defense and Mac took him into another level. So it, it it actually kind of makes sense for the Bears. Well, and and look at Duke Johnson right now. You know, he demanded the trade. He got sent off to the Texans and yeah. uh and they're getting a, a fourth round uh conditional pick in return for Duke. <laughs> So, you know, like I said, $10 million, that's nowhere near being close to being able to figure that out, I think. I mean, he has to go on the trade right. block. And the thing is, you have to trade someone bef- – well, see, that's the problem is now that people know they want to trade him. When it comes to trading a player and getting something of value for him, you got to do it before people know that you're trying you're, you're to You're trying it. to get rid of him. Because – you know, like the Bears, and you know, they make, make, trading all that value, or the yep. Eagles trading all that value to get when they got Wentz, or mm-hmm. um, you know, stuff like that, or the Rams when they were trying to get players and stuff. You're not going to get multiple first round picks very often, unless the team thinks that there's no other reason you'd be moving the guy. Right. But then to just say, like, oh, well, we'll take that kind of value. Yeah. So I think that's what happens. But um, whew, man, I don't. Yeah, I mean, imagine getting a fourth round pick for a guy. A fourth-round pick. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where he moves to. I mean, I personally, I think Green Bay is a great spot. Right now, You have, they were just doing two-a-days, I think, with the Texans. And, um, you know, the, the coach is all for it. You know, get the guys out there, comp- the new coach. Competition, you know, get them working together. They asked that. They asked that bad man, Aaron Rodgers. He's like, "Get this team out of here, man." He's, like, "I don't want to. I don't want to do this." He's like, "I just want to practice with my team and get them ready to go work." Right. He hate, he hates working with other teams and and practices like where Belichick relishes bringing in other teams right. up there in in you know in New England. Well, uh, Aaron Rodgers hates it. See, Belichick has the advantage of. Whatever the hell play they run against you or with you or whether they're playing you won't resemble anything they'll do against you in the regular oh, season. Yeah. And I mean, you can say that in general for for uh, for for uh, uh, preseason work. The difference is that I don't think New England is any less complex of a of a system than they do during the regular season. I think they're just like 
we just treat every game, every practice like it's its own thing. Yeah. And we're here late at night scheming up what we're going to do. And so what you see is never going to be the same thing you're going to see again because you'll never see that play again. You yeah. Know? And then that's a scheme. That's that's the scheming. Like they talk about Alabama and the scheme of things. And, uh, you know, Mike Tyson just gave an inspirational talk to the Bama players about not <laughs> following his path down, uh, you know, down the uh, the rabbit hole, so was, to speak. Was it a good speech? <laughs> yeah. You know? It really was. I mean, Tyson kind of he kind of learned some stuff after Robin Givens and and losing all his, basically all his money and everything yeah. like that. He really actually well, learned some Tyson, stuff and he's Tyson gotten got into movies yeah. and he got used. He got abused, used and abused yeah. is really what he did. Yeah. And he, he learned a lot from it. And uh, he has a lot of good words to say. That's to say actually. And I actually like listening to Mike uh, Mike Tyson when he actually speaks. I like listening to what he has to say a lot of times because he knows he got used and abused. Right. And he and he did learn some things. You yeah. Know? And I mean he was. Uh, I don't know how else to say this without making it sound probably probably sounds bad, but he was basically treated like an animal. He was, and straight up, it's like you're you're strong and fast and big, and he liked to work out. Yeah, and he liked to be not. I don't know if I say he liked to be violent, but he enjoyed the activity of he combat. He did. And if you look at him when he wrong with that, when, I mean, when you looked at him when he went in the ring. He was looking to take your head off. Yeah. I mean, there was no way around it. <laughs> but, he also, but he was also, but he didn't to me ever seem or give the impression of a guy who was unhinged or, right. or just seriously angry. You know, it was like, it was more like it was methodical. It was like, I am here to show that you aren't as good as I am. Yeah. And it didn't, so it, it seemed like it was a personal pride thing, not a, not a vicious kind of thing. Now his hitting was vicious, obviously. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like the whole thing with Robin Givens, when I think he was abusive to her, I can see how that could be a difficult thing for a person who's not educated, right? Hasn't lived enough life to be I- I- intelligent. Oh, he went right. He went right into Olympic boxing when he was like 18, 16, yeah, 18, 16, something like that. So, so, so right there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, people who don't. A lot of people learn to deal with things better as they get older. Mm-hmm. When as when they're young, they don't have a good role model to teach them, and and that's what you know. You look at Nick Saban, and you look at Belichick, and these are and even Doug Peterson. These are schemes that they're running. They're not you know per se all this uh, dynamic this that the other thing. They're just running straight up schemes of you get better on the scheme every single day. Right. And you know the way you practice is the way you play, and they're running different schemes all the time. Of here's how our regiment goes every single day: perfection, 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 perfection. But sometimes. There's the hilarious thing where they try to make things too bite-sized, right? Mm-hmm. They try to make things too simple for people to understand, and it's like the RPO in Philadelphia that yeah. uh, that Doug Peterson runs, and people are like, "Oh my gosh, the RPO is amazing! Why aren't other teams doing this? Why aren't the?" And it's like, well, all you're saying is it's a run-pass option. Yeah. That doesn't. That in and of itself is not an amazing scheme. Most teams do that. Mm-hmm. Not in every, some form, yeah. Not every team has a run pass option on every play. Right. But I'll bet you New England has one on eighty percent of the plays. Um, you know, most most competent teams or 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 coaching staffs are going to have yeah. at least a little bit of that. Yeah, and then, and, you know, different systems are set up differently, but, you know, the RPO is one of those things where, you know, we, we've come, we've seen it now. Carson has to take the reins back. Suffield, Suffield got um, injured in the preseason gaming. He's down six weeks, so he got his wrist operated on yesterday. Very successful. That's the backup? Yeah. Oh. Um, very good backup, too. Um, so, right now, the talk in Philly, because we're still talking football here, is maybe that the Patriots and the Eagles get together 
together, and maybe the Eagles get Brian Hoyer from the Patriots Ooh. as their backup for right now. Interesting idea. It is an interesting idea. That is a rumor that was floating around yesterday a lot that I heard on a lot of different stations, and it'd be a good fit. I think the trade would be very easy between the teams because, for some reason, the Eagles and the Patriots like to trade players right. with each other. It's, it's well, a very in the easy. same area, mm-hmm. so there's not a lot of moving for the player or their family, which yep. is a big deal. I mean, you could still live in Philadelphia and play your games in Foxborough. You could. You know, I mean, you, 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 as the player, you probably got to spend most of your time in Foxborough. Right. But your family could still stay, and you could still be home for the, you know, you know, be like, sure, during the football season, you wouldn't be there a lot, but you could right. go back there easily afterwards. Or it's a short distance geographical. Very movie. short, very and short. And not only that, but as I'm sure is a big uh, requirement of Belichick, and that is that you, um, you're you not going to be playing each other. Exactly. Maybe, maybe, maybe if you, in the Super Bowl or as an interdivisional season single match yeah but that's it you're not it's not you know you're not in the same division you're not in the same conference so yep i I think that that is a big thing for for making those trades easier um also because i think the patriots and the eagles are so good with their budgets Mm -hmm. you know the broncos are not i mean no they're they're not they're not terrible i mean they've had a lot of good work and they've had some guys figure out some pretty impressive stuff but it doesn't change the fact that they had to you know, do the do the agreements and everything, and that they had to make deals. And well, know, Howie Roseman looks like a mastermind in Philly right now. Yeah. You know, with the, with the way he just wheels and deals. But it, the the big the big thing that people have to remember is the Eagles basically stripped a lot of their team out and rebuilt out of through drafts and young player mm-hmm. trades. And when you have young players, especially drafting players, your budgets go way down. Yep. It's like what the and Broncos, they did it fairly fast. Very fast. I think that they that they also had the benefit that they had some expiring contracts mm. that they didn't renew that really helped them save money. You're you're 100 percent correct on and, that. And they really did. And not dead money. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of not having a lot of dead money on your thing. That's why the Patriots like. How come every year the Patriots are able to offer that one stud or or former stud or still a good player, and they're able to say, oh, you know what, we can fund this guy. And you're like. How are you able to pick that guy up and no one else is picking him up? Because Tom Brady's taking a pay cut. Exactly. <laughs> now, we should also mention about Tom Brady is he's never taking a pay cut. Right. What he does is restructure the contract and say, this chunk of money that you're going to be paying me next year, instead, you're going to give me less. Right. But you're going to give it to me in a signing bonus. Yep. So I get all of it up front. And as anyone who's done even a minor finance class can tell you, I'd rather you give me a million dollars today than ten million dollars in twenty years. Yeah, over, over twenty it's, years. It's all about I can the, grow that into twenty. It's all about the restructuring of the contract, and I think that's where the Patriots come in, and they look absolutely phenomenally great mm-hmm. on this. And you know, I mean, Tom just actually sold his main ten thousand square foot house up in uh, New England. Oh, really? Well, he's he's moved, He's he's upgrading to a bigger house. <laughs> so. Um, but he just put that house on the market, so I'm not sure if you're looking for a house up in New England, but Man, how I don't big, know if 10,000 10, square foot's big enough for you. See, I wonder how big <laughs> of a house to a point where you don't enjoy it, you know? But with his wife and the industry that she's been in, I could see how they probably have a lot of massive pool parties. Yes. You know, That's for what all, I would the, say. all the models and stuff. I mean, I mean, just imagine what it's like when your wife is a, is a Victoria's Secret model. Even though she's not my type, like, I don't think she's like, I don't find her, right. I don't think she's very pretty, I guess I would say. I mean, obviously, she's got an incredible figure. Yeah. Um, but how weird would it be to have models around your house? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. That would just be wild. Well, let me get my Carvassier and my, 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 my Cuban cigar out and just sit around all day. <laughs> you know, and I think I, I give credit to Tom. 
Uh, same way I give credit to LeBron that they found their woman that they wanted, or I shouldn't say it like that. Again. Right. They, they found their, their they, mate. They, they their found spouse. their soulmate. Yeah, and they stuck with it. Yeah, and that's awesome. I'm, I'm happy. And you got to commend them because how many kids does LeBron, LeBron have now? Four, I think, or three. They've had, or f- I think they had three together. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I know that she was a big reason why they moved back to Cleveland because she liked Cleveland. She liked Cleveland. That was yeah. why she wanted to go back there. Um, and you know, I mean, like, and for some players it works, but some players it doesn't. Like Carmelo Anthony, his his lady, Lala, was it Lala? Is that her name? Yeah. Um, she was an MTV host and stuff like that. Um, she kind of hurt his career. Now, not she didn't do anything to his career. Let's right, not right. Let say it like that. What it was is she desperately wanted to be in New York mm-hmm. because that was where he, her career could grow. I don't know what she does anymore. I just knew about MTV. I haven't really seen her since. I haven't seen or heard her from I, her since. I was Mello kind of, doesn't talk about that. Mello doesn't talk a lot. No, ever. he doesn't talk. He, that's yeah. one of the things. That we, we, you know, I got to watch a little of the Stephen, uh, Stephen A. Smith interview with Mello because they're two really good friends, and Mello hardly ever talks. So, you know, watching, I didn't get to hear all of it, but, you know, listening to Mello come out and say a couple things that he said was, you know, it was really interesting to me just to hear him because you never really hear him talk, even during the season, you know, when he was with the Rockets, OKC, and just getting bounced around left and right. He didn't talk whatsoever. Yeah, and he doesn't, I mean, Carmelo doesn't get in, like, any trouble or anything. I mean, he's No, he's he's always been a good guy, you know. Um, I wonder if in some ways that's a problem. It, did that have an effect on his career that he didn't have enough of a killer instinct? You would think no, because I mean he led Syracuse to a national title. He did, and, and he and Iverson took gold, the gold medal in the Olympics. Well, yeah, but he wasn't the big member on that team. He, he wasn't, was a, but he was a scorer on that team. Yeah. But I think that team also had Kobe Bryant and LeBron James yeah. on. So. I mean, but he's he holds that one way up there where a lot of people gave him a lot of grief on that. Where they said, you know, if Melo, if you want to be an elite player, you got to win an NBA championship. Just don't hold your merits on a gold medal, right? So he got right. a lot of grief on that one. I know that for and, a fact. And as unfair as it may be, we know that's always going to matter. Yeah, your championships are going to matter. They are because if you're considered a truly great player, you should elevate your team. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball is probably the most forgiving on that because it's the most it's the most oddly individualistic team sport out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, like people like Ernie Banks and things like that. I mean, they never had a chance. But all those things, you got to remember, anything that happens before 1975-ish, let's say, is, is just a different assessment because you didn't have free agents. Trades weren't easy to do. All those things have changed. Yeah. You know, I mean, they have changed things to make – it's like it's like deregulating business. You know, they, they deregulated so much in these sports that I think it's for the better. I think it's a better product, you know. But, I mean, it does hurt some things, right, because you're not loyal to your home team as much. I mean, we are, but we're but we're, 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 the, last, we're the last generation. We are the last generation because if you look at a lot, of, a lot of the younger kids, they are now more about branding their particular players. Like, you could grow up in New York City and be a James Harden fan. Right. And like the Houston Rockets. Right. You're just following the team you like yeah. to enjoy watching or whatever. And you can change over time now. You can. You where, can. Where we were diehard, like, I was a Sixers and a Lakers fan. Yeah, I was East Coast and West Coast. Sixers, Lakers. I was always Phillies and the Oakland Athletics. You know, my, my, <laughs> my only true team when I was growing up was the Dodgers. And but it's like you know, forever. It doesn't matter if they lose 150 games, I'll still be rooting for the Dodgers. Yep. I don't care. Now with the Rockies, it's a little bit different, right? I love my hometown Rockies. I've man, been I've been here for 20 years. I've been here since they're like probably their sixth or seventh year in existence. Yep. I've been here since then. Um, 
and and I love them, and I want them to do well. I really want to see them win a World Series. I really nice. want to see it. But um, it is interesting that I never had a big-time football team growing up. Uh, my, oh, yeah. my family wasn't really into football. Um, I'd watch the Super Bowls and the playoffs and stuff, but you know, occasionally would watch a regular season game. But I didn't really know much, and I I, I lived near San Francisco, nearish San Francisco, right? So that was because you were up in, in Reading, right? So Re- you call it Reading or Reading? No, it's Reading. Reading, okay. And uh, uh, it's you know, you rooted for the Oakland Raiders, or you rooted for the Niners, you rooted for the Oakland or the A's and the Giants. I ended up becoming a Dodgers fan. It's a long story, but uh, as far as football, I never was really right. Committed, you know, and so I moved to Denver during right after the '97 season when they'd won the Super Bowl, uh-huh. and then I watched them almost go undefeated and win the second Super Bowl. Yep. So I became a diehard fan. I mean, it was the first time I ever really cared about a team. And the Broncos have been terrible now for two years and might be for a third. And I, I still can't wait for Sunday just to it's, watch the Broncos. It's going to be interesting. Like you know, I, I always say, you know, after the Penn State games were on back in the day. We would get the CU games late, and I became a CU fan. You know, when Miami went in there and they started the fight up there at Folsom Field, I loved it. And then after the Eagles games, <laughs> the Broncos were always – my mom loved John Elway. Ah. She, she would watch football because of John Elway. And uh, we always got the Broncos games. So I was always, you know, a kind of a Denver fan second. was always in the back of my head. But, you know, you, I've seen – I know you've probably seen my post, the, the hashtag Bleed Green Mafia in the song um, on Facebook. No. <laughs> it's. <laughs> it's the new song that's coming out. They they beep out all the the the, the, the swear words, which is kind of funny. Ah. But but um yeah, I mean I I bleed, I, I I bleed green, white, and black, orange, white, and <laughs> black. I bleed my Philadelphia Phillies colors, and the Phillies and the Sixers colors are the same. Yeah. So you know I bleed those colors. The Phillies and the Sixers. Yeah, they're all red, white, and blue. That's really what they are. I mean, the Sixers are a different, a different, a shade of blue, but well, it's red, white, and blue. The Phillies are blue, I guess. I, yeah, but their uniforms are never have any blue on them. Well, they used to be the old school powder blues. Real? Oh, that's right. When Schmidt played, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they've been bringing and those back they, lately. Then they switched to the pinstripe yep. brown. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. I take that back. Or burgundy. I guess whatever that. It's not it's, red. I don't know. They what went. Color they that went is. to the dark. Your hat the, is the right the color. Dark burgundy. They went there. Then they went to that red. Yeah, I like that red better. Well, this that is yeah. Better. This is the, the this Darren, is your the Darren Dalton. Yeah, Dyke this is right after. Uh, and I have my old school Phillies hat on. If you can't see it right now, but um, it's it's the maroonish burgundy hat where they went after because that, that this color was in the powder blue uniforms. So they went into right, the P was that color. yeah the P was that color. Then they went into the white pinstripes with with this P and that color. Then they went into the lighter red is what they did. Gotcha. You know, I like the Phillies logo. The only logo I've ever hated was uh, the Expos and the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, the Brewers could use. I mean, for how cool you think Milwaukee should be, dude. Milwaukee, they could use what a it. great city, dude. <laughs> you could use a better logo. Yeah, I mean, I never, I didn't have any pre- preconceived notions on on Milwaukee. And I've only been once, and went for there yeah, for a I've German. Been, yeah. I went there for a German festival. It is such a cool city, dude. It I is, hear that too. In fact, it, it might be a more fun city than Chicago. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just want to just if you're looking for just having a good time, Chicago has a lot of cool stuff you can go do and look at. But Milwaukee, you can just walk around the town and yeah. really enjoy yourself. Just a great place. Get root beer that's that's alcoholic. 
you yeah. know, which is nice with this nice. Um, and I love the freeways because the freeways are elevated, mm-hmm. at least the ones that I remember. And so it was like you're driving by, ha- you know, a third of the way up these skyscrapers or yeah. whatever. So it was really kind of cool. That is cool. You know. Um, but, yeah, I went to a German festival there, festival there with Chi-Town and his wife and his kids and uh, had a really good time. Man. That's just awesome. had a Just had a blast. So, and uh, Mikey, Chi-Town Mike will be out here. That's right. When is he coming out? The, he's coming out for Labor Day weekend. Yep. So I'm hoping... Um, now that with the draft is not the draft's going to be on Sunday now. Okay. So my hope is to have uh, Mikey on the show for a full show. Yeah. Uh, in the morning, and then maybe we'll go golfing or or something else. Sounds in the like afternoon. a good plan. But uh, I'm trying to pull that off because now we're not drafting until Sunday afternoon. So at like I think you guys, I think I'm getting those emails on the the, the BBQ link. Because I don't have that BBQ. one on my phone. Diablo's BBQ for, for fantasy. Oh, oh. So that, that's why I was going to ask you that today. Because for some reason, that never linked to my phone when I, I switched phones. And I, I didn't switch phones. Just I just, get, we should just get the app for uh, ESPN Fantasy. And you know, I, I do have it, but I just I don't get the up, I don't get the I, I don't I don't think push, I have the push, push notification. Yeah, that's yeah. what I got to do. Um, but you should be getting the email alerts. But yeah, if you're not looking yeah. on to that other, maybe change your email at ESPN. Yeah, uh, that's so what you I can think I'll do. Get it sent to a different to your, to the sports offensive one. But because um, yeah, it's going to be Sunday afternoon. The Oregon boys are all meeting out in. Uh, uh, is it Alabama? Where's Auburn? Is it Alabama? Yeah. So they're meeting out there to watch the Ducks play that game, and then they're flying uh, okay. home Sunday. And we're like, we've only done a fantasy draft on Memorial Weekend for the last. 18 years. <laughs> Except like, for last year. Last year, we kind of got forced to do it really early. Oh, because of Anderson flying out to Ireland, huh? Yeah, because of the wedding on, on Memorial yeah. Day weekend. Yeah, that, see, that Labor was, Day, Labor that Day was, weekend. That was a special circumstance. It, it was. And that guy's a founding member and, right. and has hosted so many of these. Yeah, you felt, you know, it's the people who are newer in this league, not newer fantasy overall for me, but, you know, this, this our, our local league here. And yeah, it's just like, that's kind of the reason – that was the one reason we have initially tried not to expand, even though we love all these other players right. from other leagues that I have. It was like, no, let's keep everybody local so we can have a local draft. And that always helped because people wanted to go. They're like, oh, it'll be fun. We'll get together and do a local draft. It'll mm-hmm. be fun. It's exciting. And now we're at the point now where we've got like six guys you know, across the country. And so now we're to that thing where you like get to put it online or you have to do something right, like that. And right. it's like – Nah, that's not what we wanted. We wanted to have well, the, the fun. I, I think we could have a great show on Saturday with Shaitan Mike here and Nate and me and you, and I think that'd be a great time. I think, it'd, yeah, it'd be a blast, and yeah, hopefully uh, get that hutch put up <laughs> beforehand, because <laughs> otherwise it's going to be tough. Because, uh, but uh, we got the equipment for it. Yeah, I did finally. I canceled that dresser and mirror I was going to get. Oh, you uh, did? Because I just I don't want to be cramped. Well, that's, and so I just, I just, you know, my apartment, I'm, I'm cramped just because of all the TVs I have and right. everything. Well, I mean, I'm cramped anyway. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't want to be more cramped. Right. Like I, I kind of, the whole point of my moving was to, to, to loosen up that yeah. problem. Get some and, space. You know, and a big part of it was how much stuff I had in closets and boxes and, and, and crates that I didn't want to have in boxes and crates. I wanted, the reason I was keeping this stuff is I wanted out as decoration. So, uh, once I get that hutch up, I can throw a number of things in there yeah. and, and, uh, Hopefully, start to start to clear things out a little bit, get a little more room. So, so I, I know you want to talk some baseball here, but I want to talk about Marcus mm-hmm. Mariota real quick. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you saw the highlights of Marcus Mariota in the game versus the Eagles. No. Marcus Mariota looked absolutely atrocious in this game. Did he? And they're talking about him getting 
benched during the season right no. now. I mean, you're talking he over oh. over over through passes. He, what did we go? He went four for eight, 24 yards. I mean, that's not much playing time. The passes he threw were horrendous. He led people out of bounds. Overthrew people. He threw into double coverage, actually late, <laughs> and it looked absolutely terrible. And he's at that point where he's got to make a statement of going, "Well, I, I was taken second behind Jameis in that draft, and is, they, and he's that he's they've got Tannehill behind him right now. Are we? Is he starting his fifth year or? Um, but yeah, it just. It was one of those things that was brought up by a lot of analysts on a couple different channels this week that I got early in the morning. Well, and they just it really is a put-up-or-shut-up time. I mean, it, it really is. And ever since he got that injury of two years ago, he just hasn't been that same quarterback that we thought was going to really make that breakout season. And I'm kind of wondering, is, is even with Bruce down there in Tampa, is Winston and Mariota always going to be known as the fluke draft? So he's in, going into his fifth season, right? Yeah. First-year rookie, he had 19 touchdowns and 10 picks for almost 3,000 yards. Second year, he had 3,500 yards, 26 touchdowns, and 9 picks. Mm-hmm. Seemed like he's on his way. Yep. Becoming the, becoming the quarterback that they're dreaming of. Then he goes 3,200 yards, 13 touchdowns, and 15 picks. Terrible. That's bad. Then 2018, I think I, I, I think he missed some time last year. I, I believe he missed some time. Um, he had 50... 2,500 yards and 11 touchdowns and eight picks. So he's almost throwing one-for-one interception pick ratio at this point. At this point in his career, he's almost one-for-one. I mean, not not if he's total his career. Not if he's total his Because he has that one really good year. Right. uh, It's just, you know, his rating was 91, 95, 79, 92. So if you're going to go on the average, he's in the 90s. Right. But I just, yeah, he's not. I don't know. It's weird because every he'll play a game every year, two or three games, and you're like, oh, he looks great. He's got so much talent and potential. But he can't put things together. And it's like, is, he it, never is it the coaches? Like is, it, is it the receivers? Is it the scheme? Is it is he just not focused? I mean, I don't know what the answer is. It's a really good question. And then that, this would be a great question for uh, Captain Chavez, being an Oregon boy. Um, it's just one of those things where he was touted so highly on a college with Winston, and neither of them have been able to seem to really put the talent onto the field. Right. And now, it's one of those things, like I said, that's been talked about all week long. And there's a lot of talk about Winston having a big research year yes. that the scheme is made for him that the coaching staff is really focused on him that it's all you know, it should all work out well for him but you know that's speculation it is we don't know right now we have absolutely no clue what's going to go on like look at uh dan or jones and in, in, in with the giants um the other night and his game against the jets great he looked great but he the touchdown pass would have been batted away or intercepted Against a normal, that DB isn't going to make the team right. on the Jets. He missed on that play. If you looked at both corners, he missed the wide open running back in the middle of the field for 15 <laughs> yards. He had him wide open. and But he had some brilliance. Of look, he, he looked off a couple people and did make a couple good throws. But that touchdown pass was going to get knocked down by a normal DB. Yeah. But he, the one right. thing I he looked at is... too excited about... Right. It's like with Paxton Lynch playing against the Niners. Well, with the, the Broncos. Broncos. It's like, well... Revenge game <laughs> yeah they're, they're like, look what he did he had two touchdowns and then it's like he was playing the fourth string right, defense right. it's not let's not get too excited about these exactly guys and you know well what the, you what the funny players. thing is you know we're gonna bounce from mariota over to uh jonesy here and um the jets player actually said they didn't realize that 
that that Eli came off the field because they looked the same with the really uh. With their gear on, they look exactly the same. Ah, so hey, <laughs> it's like it's like in, uh, if your dog dies and you go get a dog, the exact same uh, exact same dog looking dog. Get George Carlin to say that way you don't have to change the pictures on your yeah. mirror. You can just say oh, it's the same dog, <laughs> same, same dog, dog. same you dog. Know? That was a good one. Give me another one. <laughs> you know. But yeah, they like the the Jets players were like we didn't because there was an hour uh, lightning delay in that game, and uh, they had. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, because uh, Jonesy was going to come back out and play another series, but they didn't want to bring him back down after you already rested for an hour. Um, but uh, yeah, they said they they didn't even know Eli left the field after <laughs> after he did that. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know. I yeah, it, things are interesting. Just real quick on the Broncos, that is the local team. Um, so I mean, it's promising that you saw Flacco making just the the normal passes, right? Which let's just be honest, the Broncos have had a lot of trouble with just the regular passes you better for believe a few have. years. So that, I mean, even though I am not a Joe Flacco fan, now, am I hoping he has a great year? Yeah, yeah. I hope he has a Super Bowl winning year. Uh, I, I'm just I, I'm just tempering my expectations right. based on what I've seen the last few years from him. But overall as a team, it's interesting because I'm a, I'm almost more worried that I'm not sure the Broncos have decided their identity yet. You know, I could I can see that. Um, I have a I have a guy. I, I go every Sunday morning. I, I go into King Supers, and uh, I have a guy that sees me there, and he knows the show, and he listens. Well, when he oh, nice. it's on there, he's an <laughs> he's an older gentleman. He, you know, he liked my Penn State lacrosse T-shirt, and so we started talking to him. He's always what's the sports note of the JJP. So I always have to give him a little uh, tidbit, and you know, he asked me. He's like, "What's your official prediction for the Broncos?" I'm like, "Well, I ain't gonna make that to right before the season, but I'm like, I'm right at about the eight and eight level." If that, if not seven and nine right now, and that's not my official prediction yet because no. I've got to see the rest of the team and the way they shape out. But you know, right now I think Caesars. Uh, this that's their. The, uh, I know ESPN's using Caesars and not Bovada, but they're they're looking at like a, a seven point four over under and wins is is what they're putting. Seems them very reasonable. To I me. think it's very reasonable, uh, especially because you don't know. You know, I mean, it, can Mike Munchak really make this line different? Is the sure. is, is is was signing James from Miami as a right tackle is that going to make a huge difference? Will Bowles finally come to talent? Exactly. Uh, will uh, you know? It just is, can Munchak just change a line the can way he Phil has in Lind- other places? Can Philip Lindsay do the same thing he did last year as a rookie? And that's actually what I was referring to initially about their identity. Yeah. Is this was your spark plug last year? This was your lone. True bright spot. He was. I mean, yes, Cortland Sutton did well. Deshaun Hamilton did some things yep. well. I mean, there was other good players, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, Chubb obviously looked good, but nothing compared to Lindsey. Lindsey no, was no. the spark plug. He, he was, was the, the interest. Plug. He was the straw that stirred the drink, and it it seemed like they don't like. There's very little hype about him. Like the hype is all pushed onto Royce Freeman again. Yes. And it's like, well, you had all the hype last year and you didn't do anything. Now maybe you do it this year. That's great. I'm hopeful. Again, I want them to do well. Mm-hmm. I'm just, but I'm, I'm also trying to be a realist. And you, you know, did you fix any, did, are you fixing any problems you had from before? That's the real question. Right. And I don't know if you have. And, you know, that the, everything starts and in, in ends with that offensive line. It's got to be, it does. it's got to be 25 times better than it was last year for having any chance yep. at all. If they do that, then who knows what they could do? They could do maybe anything if, if the line plays well. Um, but we'll see. I mean, you know, they talk about, you know, well, the defense looks like it could be, you know, a, a stud defense again. It's got really good players. Brought in those two cornerbacks and da da da, da And got the two great blitzers now. Yeah. And, yeah, they, can't, they could be great. But you know what? We saw what happened last year when the offense sucked. 
the defense eventually gets tired of it. And they're like, we're not going to keep busting our asses. We got you a turnover within the 30, and you didn't score any points. Yeah. Like, what are, what are you doing? It gets frustrating for a defense when, you, when you're playing your butts out and the offense can't do anything. I yeah. mean, imagine just keep having to go back out there all the single freaking time. And, you know, you're holding this team, and your offense just can't put points on the board. Right. And that's the hope with Flacco, right, is that Flacco, while kind of a disaster of a quarterback compared to what he was that one 10-game stretch or six-game stretch he had when he won the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. Um, but I think he's minimally competent. Yeah, right? see, definitely He is. can make the throws, and they pointed out something that was important um, during the game, and that was he had that one pass to, I think it was a pass to either, it was either to Royce or to, or to Lindsey um, for a first down. But it was like the fourth or fifth option on the pass play. Right. And he went boom, boom, boom. Through and progressions, he made his and then, progressions. Up, up, yeah. And then went to the guy who was open to get and that's the first where, down. That, that's what he's going to bring you. He's a smart quarterback. He's going to make his progressions. And that is what and that is what the Broncos haven't had. Exactly. They haven't had the guy. In Case Keenum last year couldn't do it. Guy. He couldn't do it. <laughs> and, um, and then, of course, Seaman, or Simeon couldn't Simeon. do it. And so and Lynch couldn't do it. So yeah. you know, it's like, it, can, you just, can you just pick the right guy to throw the damn ball to? Because... Uh-huh. There are two major problems that I can remember from the Broncos the last two or three years, and that is number one, the quarterback throwing interceptions and, and or not thrown to the right guy, and uh, and uh, penalties before the snap. Oh God, they Those, were horrid last year on that, and the year before was even worse. Yeah, and I mean especially Bowles. Bowles would get you can't I mean, put yourself almost, in first and fifteen almost every time that they would break off a run. It would get called back for a holding yeah. call. And so that that's what has to change. Those two things have to change for them to have any chance at all. Uh, those two things change. They could they could win ten games. Yeah, I mean they those were, things they have were, to change. They were close last year. That defense held them in a lot of games, and they were definitely close last year. Now, obviously, the Jets game at the Meadowlands, which was an early game, oh, was a Isaiah Crowell in oh, two hundred ninety yards. God, that was just a ridiculous. Just they don't play well early. The Broncos no, don't. They no. just that those they don't are those, travel that Yeah, well. those one o'clock East Coast games, eleven o'clock guard they had a games. Lot this year. Last yeah, year. they just they just the last year they did. They just don't play early. Well, no. Nope. No, nope. they just don't. That's one of those things. And I where, totally get that, you know, because like I, it's like when you're talking about the the some college teams wanting to play yeah. earlier. I just, you know, it's like, you know what? Not everybody's a morning person. It's true. And do you really want to get up and be like, okay, I got to be up and amped up early in the morning? You know, it's like, hey, I want you to get up and have my nice carb loaded or protein loaded breakfast, and yeah. you know, get the engine running, and you know, get into the mode, and then get in the warm ups, and then get to the treatments, and then get on the field. You know, it's like. You know, but if you're up and playing at 9 a.m. or you know, or or you know, well, it's whatever time it is for them. It's a little later, but if it's for you, it feels like 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's not it's not the same game. And but I mean, it's not that I mean, obviously some teams can do it, but it's it, you've noticed that the it's it's, it's I think it's a, a distinct advantage for Eastern teams. Yes, because the worst is going to be is it be later. Right, yeah. You know. There's no problem with playing a later game. It's when you have to come back across the country and play the earlier game. Yeah. Because you're just not used to I mean, it throws off your breakfast routine. It throws off your mid-morning, you your know, sleep. Work, your sleep. It works, throws off everything. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, that, that, I think the best thing that the Broncos could do, you know, and I think they even tried this last year and didn't really help, is go out there three or four days early. Like well, trying I've always said that, yeah. You know, go out there, pay for the, be out there for the week and get on the schedule. You know, just, it's not like you don't have the money. 
You know what right. I mean? Right. It's get but on I guess, that schedule. I, I guess I wonder if it's harder to if it, it, it's also hard because you're not using your normal facilities. That's true. Um, that's 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 the biggest thing is yeah. is you're not using the facilities. It's it's like even trying to play an NFL game at a college uh, stadium. You don't have the sideline facilities, the the sideline hookups for all the uh, all the headsets, the, the the television cameras, all your Microsoft Edge products that they have on the sidelines. Right. Um, you know that was one of the things because the Buffalo Bills were looking to go to Beaver. Stadium, Penn State, to play one of the games that got snowed out, I think, in Buffalo. But they couldn't pull it off because they didn't have the hookups. So that's why they went and played in Detroit. (laughs) So, you know, it's one of those things. There's a lot that goes into moving a team around this country, especially a football. Basketball is easier. But a football team, it's a hell of a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Yep. So, anyway, uh, it, it was nice to see football on again. Yeah, and, uh, it I definitely is. To, uh, I, I, I like your I like your rugby guy you showed. I saw that highlight. The, our, 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 rugby, oh, the rugby guy. That, guy. Yeah. that guy blew out of a cannon. You know, like how he was holding. He's holding just like a rugby ball. Too. Yep, he, was. he wasn't not not with the you know the point of the ball in his hand. He oh, had that oh, baby oh, strapped he was, around. Yeah, I mean, he was, <laughs> probably something they could learn about you know not losing the ball. You know, because I'll tell you what, Pete Carroll was a genius when he brought in uh, the USA rugby team to help teach the Legion of Boom tackle. Really genius. That's what he did. He brought the USA rugby the Eagles into up up into Seattle and taught those guys how to actually tackle people. That's that one of the that's thing. one of the biggest things that people don't realize is how you actually tackle a person and when you watch it in rugby it's a distinct science because you have there's there's certain ways that are legal and non-legal ways in rugby that you can and cannot tackle along with the NFL now. But it's a distinct science of how to actually hit someone square. Oh, that would boy! The Broncos could use that. They've had some issues with that. They could. They I mean, could. They've had, some, they've had some tackling. You need to call up the Glendale Raptors. We just had USA yeah. Canada here for World Cup qualifying two weeks ago. So, <laughs> no, we'd be happy to. Well, hey, we, we'd be happy to commentate uh, <laughs> exactly. on that action. Um, so, what time is it? I think we are getting kind. Yeah, of we got ten forty-seven on okay. mine. So, so let's, I, let's I know you got a whole bunch of. Uh, well, just just kind of want to do an early review mm-hmm. on things because. Um, my fantasy team has kind of been out of it now for the last like probably five weeks. Both mine have too. They're just there's yeah. too many injuries and there's no one on the oh. on the list that even it's take. Crazy. I've lost six starting pitchers for the year now. Uh, it's six. I can't even look at my team. It's so bad. Yeah. Either just, of my team, they're so bad. And it's so funny. Like some people like try and talk smack to me, like you know, try and you right. know, rouse me like on Facebook <laughs> and stuff, and it's like. Do you think I even pay attention at this point? I, mean, I, I look occasionally. It's like, oh, I got three more guys on the IL. <laughs> well, it's just crazy because so many times in, in my fantasy baseball league, there's so much luck. There's so many times where play, people just got three or four guys late in the draft that mm-hmm. no one was looking at. Not even, oh, yeah. not even the, the experts. And he just happened to draft all of these guys and they all go off. And mm-hmm. then the team's great. And they usually have very few injuries. Yeah. You know, not always. No, no, some people are just masterful. Well, last year, right. I mean, because I don't play in your guys' league because I'm not good enough to hang with you guys. You guys are far above my I baseball know, I, don't, I don't know if I am. <laughs> <laughs> far above my the, baseball The, the league might be. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I get into this fun leagues. Like, I, I, I did two fun leagues last year. I was horrible in one, and I won one of them. Nice. And then this year, I'm like 501. And the other one is now getting up almost to 500. But there's yeah. so many injuries. It's, and now you look at the, uh, the, 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 the free agents, and there's just nobody to take. Well, and I've been taught a lesson this year more than any other year I've played, and that is that your luck in terms of uh, scheduling is is crazy. Oh, yeah. Because I have the most points against of anyone in the league. I don't have the worst record in the league by by right. any stretch of the imagination. But then I look at, like, sometimes it'll, and it's kind of cool. I do the CBS uh, fantasy uh, yeah. for baseball, mm-hmm. and they'll actually tell you, like, the opponent you're playing, like, 
if you had played your opponent's record, you would be this and this. If you had played every team in the league every week, this is what your record right. would be. And I can't tell you how many people I go up against. I'm like, if you had played so-and-so's record, you'd be 11-2. and two. And I'm like, and I'm 5-6. and six. Yeah, exactly. You know, or, or well, I guess I'd be 5-8 and eight or something. Uh, but just all the time that happens this year. And it's been really frustrating in the last, like, six weeks because that's when I see I'm playing this guy who's in the middle of the playoff hunt, and I'm out of it, right. and I've scored – 500 600 more points than they have over the season and it's like i should be crushing you you know but i'm but it just you know bad luck anyway uh what i wanted to review was mvp and cy young because i think some of these were kind of a surprise to me and i feel bad that i maybe when i do kind of when you're out of it in baseball you start transitioning to football and i should have been paying attention a little closer to some of these players but (laughs) so m uh, for the mvp for the national league Number one, they've got Bellinger. Now that one's not a surprise, right? No, it's 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 not a surprise whatsoever. He's basically been doing triple crown type stuff um, all year long, yeah. And so he's definitely. And the Dodgers are fourteen or fifteen games ahead of the next play, or even more now. Maybe twenty nine yeah. now. Oh yeah. Um, well, they just lost last night. Was a little uh, Sparks at Chavez Ravine out there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You didn't see the highlights. No. Oh boy. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, it, 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 the bench is clear. Nothing really happened. Oh. But uh, yeah, who are they playing? The Diamondbacks. Oh, <laughs> so that is terrible. <laughs> um, second on the list is uh, Christian Yelich. We Obviously. talk about him every week. Yeah, uh, the guy's just just a sparkling ball player. Uh, but then the third one. Mike Max Muncy from the Dodgers. Uh, he That's plays an interesting first. One. He plays yeah. second. He plays, and he's had a lot of very timely hits this year. Yes, yes. And I think that's what's got him in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the Dodgers are just playing fantastic, and you're going to have players right. singled out because people are watching you all the time. You know. Yep. Um, but I, I, I personally, of course, love seeing two Dodgers in the top three of the MVP race. Mm-hmm. Because as, as good as they've been team-wise these last few years, they've had nobody, I don't think, even close to finishing first in the MVP race. I think you're right on that. You know, and, and this 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 is this is encouraging. Uh, the next two are both from Atlanta. So that goes to show you Atlanta's little spark this year. The fact that they're they are the Phillies. division. The Phillies can't catch up to them, and the Mets have just won seven straight, 14 out of 15. And they're tied with the Phillies eight games back right now. So I, it, it, the, the Mets are hot. And yeah. Atlanta's hot, too, because Atlanta won last night. I think Acuna Jr. hit a home run last night, if I remember right. That wouldn't be a shock. He hits a lot of them. Yeah. Um, so I, I believe because they just, I think they I think they were, uh, who they play? I think they played the Marlins, and I think they beat up on them. And, um, you know, Atlanta's hot. The Mets are hot. And the Phillies just can't seem to keep consistent right now and stay hot. Right. And, I mean. And let's even and Bryce so hit two Nationals, home runs last, last night, too. The Nationals are actually in second place, it looks like. So, um but, I mean, Atlanta has opened up a lead. I mean, yeah, they have. Six and a half game lead with, I mean, are we down to six weeks of the season? We're down. Darn season, well, well, we got all of September. Yeah. And so, then, yeah, so probably seven weeks. Seven weeks, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's, and we, we've always said that the adage in baseball is it takes a game, a, a one week to move a game closer. Closer. Because baseball is such a win some, lose some kind right. of type of sport where, you know, they always say everyone's going to win 81 games or, or 60 games. Everyone's going to lose 60 games. Mm-hmm. What do you do with the other 60? Exactly. That decides your season. Um, and then you jump to the Dodgers. Uh, they're up 17 on Arizona. Giants have fallen back to 20 games out now. Phillies beat them last night. 
and the Giants. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's the Giants should be just a stepping stone for anyone um, because they're terrible. But they they actually moved up to second place for a little time. They did uh, there, and then uh, Padres are now twenty one games out. Rockies twenty four, lost four in a row, three and seven, just a disaster. And really, but, it, it really is. We talked about them last week. We'll just let it go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, what I was bringing up with that whole thing with the with the Braves is that they've got uh, Freddie Freeman and Acuna Jr. Are there other are the are the fourth and the fifth candidates for the MVP? Um, now Freeman, I, I don't know his stats well enough, uh, but he's consistently been a, a very good player for a lot of yeah. years. So I'm sure he's doing the same thing he always does. Acuna, I know, is on pace to do at least thirty thirty, if not forty forty. Oh, I know be, it's at least thirty thirty. Yeah, so yeah. he'd be like the third person or fourth person to do forty forty. I know. Uh, so we know Conseco did it. We know Bond. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Bonds did it. He had to. And. Uh, well, maybe he didn't do it. I know he did 400-400. Um, Alex Rodriguez, did he do 40-40? Hey, Rod. See, now i got to look at that. Sounds, it sounds like he, he should have. I know he just uh, he just proposed to J-Lo down on a beach somewhere. I know that for a fact. Man, I cannot believe how unbelievably hot she still is at, like, oh, 55 yeah. years old. <laughs> She's just incredible. Um I just want to look up how many people actually had the forty forty, because um, it's just such a an amazing thing. Um, I don't see that's not the right article. So it says the most recent <laughs> player to do it was Alfonso Soriano in two thousand six. I remember that. Yeah, um, he was with the Yankees that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's only four members. So Barry Bonds did do it. Yep. He went 42 and 40, just like Canseco. So Canseco yep. in 1988, Bonds in 1996, and A. Rod in 1998 had 42 home runs and 46 steals. Uh, Soriano. Um, oh, it says he was with the Nationals. I thought he was with Soriano back then. Yeah. Huh. Maybe. I guess he did it with the Nationals. Um, he went 46 and 41, 46 homers and 41 stolen bases. So, um, and there was a couple of other uh, of close, you know, uh, close calls. Players that fell a few homers or a few or a few uh, steals short. But if Acuna can do that, um, that would only be his second year in the major leagues, and that would be pretty astounding. Yeah, um, makes you kind of think of like Bryce Harper. I think he had his MVP season his second year. Yeah, I believe third year. I think it was his third. Um, he had the good see. first, the down second, I think the good third. Yeah, so Acuna has 32 home runs and 26 steals. So he's a lock for 30-30 if he doesn't get hurt. 40-40, right. he could certainly do the hitting-wise. Uh, Stealing-wise, that's another 14 steals. Boy, he'd have to run a lot. He would. But you could start, I mean, it, it comes down to the question of if the club say, go ahead and try and go for it, and we'll let you run more. So if they could lock up their division, mm-hmm. give them a better shot. But until that happens, you never know. You're like, you don't want to run yourself out of ball games. So right. anyway, uh, moving on to AL MVP, Mike Trout, number one. There's no shock. Well, he, he, had a, he had a really, really weird moment last night with a, up in a Fenway. <clears throat> you know, the wall in, in center field in Fenway isn't very tall. It's, right. it's like elbow level <laughs> right. or your, your armpit level. He jumped for a ball and came down right on his armpit when oh. he didn't have to jump for the ball. And he, he he actually grabbed himself last night and it looked like it hurt a little bit. Oh. I, I looked at that and I'm going, I'm like, 
that's just him not knowing the ballpark because you right. didn't need to jump for the. I'm like, you can reach right over and grab that ball. You don't have to jump because he oh, came he came down hurt. right in between that that fence right on his arm there. And I, he, as soon as you saw him, he grabbed his side. His oblique is what he he grabbed. Yeah, I just I just I want him to have a good year with his team before he retires, and I'm worried at him being stuck with the Angels. I don't know. Well, I think every happen. I think everybody worries about that. Right. Uh, <laughs> Alex Bregman, yep. third baseman for the Astros. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's been fantastic year bogarts has had a, a resurgent year for the for the red sox yes. didn't think he would, i didn't realize he was this high in the mvp rankings but he is now dj lemayhew i've known about since about june they've been talking about him as being mvp mm-hmm. on the yankees he didn't even have a clear starting position when the year started nope. but he has been <laughs> he has been their lifeblood mm-hmm. especially when the judge was out all those years stanton was out for so long oh they had so many injuries so many injuries so many and he he was that stalwart guy who yeah. was always on base and always driving people in and so um, great year for him. Mookie Betts is actually fifth in the AL MVP race. He won it last year. He 90 did. seconds. We're down to 90 seconds. Okay. So I guess I got to go quick. Um, so good good for Betts. Uh, didn't, doesn't seem like it because I have him in fantasy. He doesn't seem like he scored that many points. Right. But, uh, NL Cy Young, Granky is not eligible anymore because he's gone. So Hinjin Ryu is number one. He's got the best ERA in baseball. Mm-hmm. Max Scherzer, uh, Jacob DeGrom, no shocks there. Uh, Aaron Nola, I'm a little surprised he's that high. Uh, he's had a good year, but he had a rocky, rocky start. So yeah, he did. a rocky middle part. So uh, Sonny Gray, sixty seconds, number five. Sonny Gray, what a comeback! How about uh, that's shocking. Uh, and then the AL Cy Young, this is wild. So Charlie Morton left the Astros, went to the Tampa Bay. He's considered top of the top billing. Yep. Justin Verlander uh, is right on target to be in the conversation. Yep. Lance Lynn has become a competitor in this, which that. That was almost at a baseball a couple years oh, ago. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's a, a shock to me. And after him, Mike Miner. This is another guy who just was nothing, and then just somehow he's just exploded in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, just wild. And then Garrett Cole, who's having a fantastic year. But when you really think about it, Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, and if Charlie Morton hadn't been traded, that would have been three guys in the top five of the Cy Young on the Astros. On the Astros. And I can't remember. Lance Lynn might play for the Astros. I don't remember. I don't even know where Lance Lynn went. So, that's a really good question. Ten seconds. All, all I know is that's that's incredible. All right. Well, we're down to like five we seconds. We really are. So, everyone, thanks for tuning into the show, and uh, I hope it broadcasted. Okay. Offensive out. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. So well, I, we'll I have to see here. Mm-hmm. 